Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina and Mickey's podcast. Uh, live a little early tonight uh, because of the World Cup qualifying that has been going on all over the world. Happy to have you with us here live on YouTube. And of course, you can listen to this and other previous editions of the Cantina and Mickey's podcast. At the Podcast Center on iTunes, on Google Play, and I believe we're also on, on SoundCloud as well. So my name is John Jadu. Good to have you with us this evening. As we said, we're live on, on the YouTube. So uh, please feel free to uh, chat away there in the chat, and we'll try and get to some of your questions as we as we proceed. But as we said, we uh, had a, a nice heavy round of, of World Cup qualifying over the past uh 24 hours, also jump into some Liga Amekis talk as soon as uh, our uh, other folks uh, join us. Uh, we are expecting a, a, a full plate tonight as well as, uh, actually, we will also be having a guest, a uh, gentleman by the name of Kit McConico, who is the uh, host of the local uh, soccer, the one-hour soccer show we have on here in Austin weekly on Sunday mornings, uh, the throw-in on 104.9 The Horn will also be joining us a little bit later. So looking forward to uh, having that gentleman join us as well. And, of course, we'll have our, our usual panel of folks that hop on. So my name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us this evening. Uh, Liga Mekis uh, is uh, entering its home stretch. Uh, just a, a handful of games left for some teams. Uh, some teams have had uh, their, their usual success, uh, at least over the past few years. They've been very consistent. Teams like Monterrey and Tigres, of course, have done real well. And uh, America is uh, up there as well, Toluca. So it's really kind of the usual suspects. Uh, uh, a bit surprising, I'm sure, for some folks to see Cruz Azul up uh, in in the Liguilla zone. Uh, not surprising to everybody, but there are, it is surprising to some. I'm not gonna, I'm not tooting my own horn, but uh, I, I did pick them to uh, to to win the title just because, honestly, it's Liga I mean, you can pick anybody, and if they win, you look like a genius. I mean, it, it's you know, it, it's not. Uh, it's not very difficult, and I, I do see that we do have uh, someone that has joined us, Profe uh, Cambiarayas. Juan uh, Uribe joins us from Long Beach. Juan, what is going on with your Chivas? John. Hey, John. Yes, Juan. Doing, I can barely hear you. You need to speak up a little bit. But, uh, oh, man. But you are audible. Okay. Perfect. Let me, let me, I don't know what I need to do. I'm on my phone, so I, I think it, it's probably as good as it gets. Uh you know what I think it is, John, is just uh, too many injuries at the <clears throat> at the start of the season, and it's just uh, they didn't sign enough players, and then the youth players uh, uh, they're not ready to to step in and you know carry the mantle, as they say. Shoot, did you did I did I lose you, John? Yeah, Juan, I'm having I'm, I'm having I'm personally having a hard time hearing you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not speaking on the air. I do see also <laughs> that. Uh, we have your 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 fellow uh you know this this could very quickly turn into a turn into some uh, a chivas hour if we don't be careful but i see the Joel Osavis has joined us Joel, how are you sir doing good john hey guys, What's up, i'm having a bit of a problem hearing you guys so y'all talk amongst yourselves and let me and let me get this thing straightened out cuz i'm pretty sure that's uh, something on my end so y'all keep talking and i'll, I'll be with you guys it's in a second it's set to live did you guys go live or no I, I i i i was doing some editing on my laptop and i don't i don't know if it changed some settings so i have to oh. uh, figure out what's going on so just give me like like 2 seconds two y'all keep so talking. i don't think that, they, that 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 you guys aren't on the air i, I, okay, I, I okay. personally can't hear y'all 
you know, you know what it is. I think John needs to clean the earwax. You know, get a cute <laughs> clean earwax in your ear. Yeah, vaya te caro. Did you see the game, the Argentina Peru? Uh, how, how did that game uh, end up? Because I, I was watching part of it and I had to leave my son. Uh, All right, boys, I'm back. Got, I just had to push a button, but go ahead. Sorry about that. He's got practice. So what's up with the Argentina Peru game? Just oh, man, drop. it was it was that was as 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 a, an intense a zero zero game as I've seen in a long time, and that was. That was uh, that, that was right, but we'll talk about that a, a, a little bit later. I do want to I do want to jump in. So I want to get your Chivas out of the way, because in all honesty, in all honesty, yeah, my Pumas are they are. You know, I shouldn't have made all those relegation jokes to y'all a couple years ago because it's going to come back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> you know, you know where John. You know, you know. Here's the what? thing. All right, that one. <laughs> Karma is a now bitch, gotta... and I am. Yeah, exactly. Karma now I have, I have to deal with it. I have to deal with it. It's uh, you know, but you know, this happened also in 2011. I don't know if it. I'm gonna have to go back and look at the uh, at the actual mathematics. Are you okay there? Yeah. Was that, just, was that just a quarter? Was that just a quarter long, or or or, or, the, or, or a good a good half long that came up on that? Ah uh, man, I don't know, man. It's just this this freaking crazy weather. I'm gonna blame yeah. blame the weather. Yeah. Did so did, did you change dispensaries? Is, did, did you change dispensaries? Is that? <laughs> No, no, I use the same one that Jolie uh, told me to use. So, I, yeah. you know, he doesn't. Trying a new stream. <laughs> Trying a new stream. No, but anyway, so, um, well, Joel, just, we'll, we'll backtrack to the, to the, to the top of the season. This, this, as far as Chivas is concerned, is not a big surprise for you because you, you knew that they were going to struggle. And then when you throw injuries on top of which, you know, you kind of, kind of, you know, would, would expect a team that didn't have a full, a full, Program preseason would 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 run into injuries, so this this really can't be a surprise. At, uh, well, it's not a surprise at all to you. So 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 why why are Chivas fans so upset, Juan? Talk them down the ledge. Uh, well, I haven't seen that much upset. Really, I, I think. Uh, are they I mean, are they as understanding as you are? Yeah, I mean, especially because of Pulido, so that that helped. Not having him, that's that's been like. The main excuse for that many fans need, you know. Right. But I mean, overall, I just think it was poorly planned. The season was poorly planned. Something they sh- they should have known, and and they, uh, whatever whatever it is they went with, it obviously didn't work. So could it be then that? Uh... Had you been the general manager, let's but let's pretend that you are that, that you and, and Cambiarayas are the general managers, and, and you know what's happened. So you know that you know that the, the bulk of your of your of your starters are not going to be there for a full preseason because they're doing Gold Cup. I mean, they may not even be available for the next couple of weeks. So at that point, do you just do you just say, okay, look, these are going to be my starting guys. I'm going to go with these guys. Yeah, I mean, well, and as the well, other guys well, come in, we'll plug them in. One thing they've been talking about for a while has been promoting from the youth academy and so I mean that's one thing they could have gone with where it's like you just sacrifice the season to to give a lot of the younger players you know more more chances with the first team and and then you know that for the next season when when you play uh when they're playing the CONCACAF cup uh you know you'll have a team that's more prepared uh, right. They probably should have gone maybe for one or two players, 
kind of experience. But I, I, it seems like so just like like glue guys that are they're not really they're just there kind of to hold the fort down. But you know you can count on them because they're yeah yeah they have experience but playing. They they got rid of uh, Avion Calderon, right? They sent him to. Uh... Yeah, yeah thank, never... thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for Avion Calderon, <laughs> by the way, because he's well, just actually, been great he, for Pumas. He belongs, he belongs to Santos. I don't think Chivas owned him. I think he was unknown. I, I, I thought they, they bought him outright, but maybe I'm, you know. I guess it's you know, he is not. Well, he was at the well, – that's right. He was at the at Santos. But, uh, you know, I was actually looking forward to seeing what he could do for Pumas. I thought he'd be a perfect little Pumas guy, you know, it just – but it just hasn't uh, – it hasn't worked out. He's uh, – you know, he scored. Didn't he score the first goal in in, in the Chepoera, or uh, when when they beat like Bosnia or something like that? Wasn't wasn't it uh, Avion Calderon that scored the first goal? Oh man, you're going too far back now, John. Yeah, Jesus. So, Cambiar Rayas, would you have done the same thing, knowing that 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 the that the, that the the bulk of your team, the bulk of your starters, are are not going to be available for at least at least at full capacity for six weeks? Would you have done what Joel does and? bring a couple of guys in and, and, and promote and, and just understand that that's going to be your team for the next month. And then the other guys, as they come in, we'll, 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 we'll bring them into the fold. Or do you, or do you bring them in uh, when they get there? All right, you guys are the starters. Go play. I, I think. Uh, what, what, what would your strategy have been? Yeah. Give them, give them time to kind of stretch their legs and, and get in rhythm. You know, uh, what, 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 I, what I'm curious too, is because Almeida, he was supposed to be working with about a, I don't know if it was forty or sixty youth players getting them ready to uh, to make the big jump, you know. Right. Um, there, there's some exciting players like uh, when they played Arsenal. There's that kid uh, Torres or what's his name? Guy, the little the little short guy, forward. He can play up front. Uh, man, I the name for is, Chivas. The I mean, there's a bunch of short guys on Chivas, so that's kind of relevant. <laughs> dude, dude, who who do who do you who do who do you think you're talking to, man? I mean, I'm, I have no idea. I mean, I mean, are you really expecting me to? I have no idea who these guys are. No, I, honestly, I, I don't know. Me neither, John. There's a few promising players. I know one of them. Uh, like he scored a goal on his debut. Uh, I, I think it's it's uh, it's on Alvarez or it's in Torres. No, it's an Alvarez America guy, right? Right. I'm Man, sorry. I'm so so promising. This guy forgets their names and confuses. Yeah, the, the, this, no, I mean, you know, and they're unas impresionantes. He's gonna start talking about Lainez right now. That's right. The new, new Chiva promise. <laughs> the, the new, the yeah. new Chiva <laughs> So what you know, just as an as an, what if Lainez has an incredible youth World Cup and and somebody like Barcelona or let's let's say a top six European team says, hey. I mean, if you're Lainez, what do you do? You have you have to go, don't you? Yeah, I think he goes. I, I think he goes. You know what, John? I gave a, 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 a pod, podcast 100 El Centenario a listen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The one with Martin Palacios. Thank you. Thank did you for, did Did for you listen to it? Did Did you listen to it in public and then listen to it in private? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I, in private only. In private only. Yeah. Um, but. You know, in, in all its glory, man. I mean, I had to like pull over and and cry, and you know, I laughed, I cried, everything, all the emotions. No, it was. Uh, I mean, and, and he said some stuff that that, that 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 frankly, you you have been you have been hammering home as long as we've, well, pretty much as long as as long as we've known you is that you. I mean, and he and and Martin uh, pretty much echoed your 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 sentiments. That's 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 why when he said it, I just like, I couldn't I couldn't not think of you. 
Because yeah. I, I, I'm sure that when it happened, I'm sure that like you probably like you ever like just been standing to get like a like a chill or you, know, <clears throat> just, you just get this weird feeling in your body. It lasts like 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 not even you know a tenth of a second, like a little <sighs> one of those. And yeah, man, I, I bet you when the Martin was saying that, I bet you that's exactly what happened to you. You're probably like like coaching your kids or something. You just gotta. I would call it like the the piss shiver, but like without without actually taking a leak. You know, when you're sitting there, like, <laughs> like, you're one of those. So. <laughs> Something yes. like that. Something yeah, like that. Exactly. No. So anyway, so so you, so you and Joel both agree that uh, that 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 the planning was. You knew it was going to be rough, but you didn't expect it to be this rough. And then with the injuries and everything else piling on, because they didn't have the full preseason, these guys they just plugged them right in. It was uh, not necessarily good. And Joel, you brought up an interesting point because you said that uh, you know they're going to be playing the Conca Champions in 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 the next tournament. And that's frankly a tournament that uh, that, that Chivas should do very well in. And, and now with all these, John, right? They should, a tournament that, that they should, absolutely they they should commit the resources to uh, yeah it's, to play it's, it because I mean for Chivas that is a huge prize at the end of it to go play the Club World Cup. That'd be I mean for any Mexican team it's just massive. And, and also they haven't they haven't had any international silverware in like sixty years. Really. You know, Joel, I was I was going to save this for, for for Pumas talk, but I think that that that, that deserves just a just a little one. <laughs> well, well, you but know, I mean, they they have a, a a Libertadores silver medal, but I mean, I, I think I think in the region you should be able to have won something by now. That's right, because they didn't play in the in the, the Concacaf Cup because because Frank or if they did, because frankly they just didn't win that many championships from. Yeah, I'm not being negative. It's, just, it's just the reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just the reality. So they haven't had that many. Uh, and then the last time they were in Coca Champions, they were eliminated by Shelahu. Shel- yeah, man. I've been trying Shelahu. to forget that, John. You just keep reminding me. It's yeah, almost like it never like, happened. It's like the Phantom Menace. I, I pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, you just you just close your ears and and start saying chepo 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 chepo. So you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Sure. No, anyway, just uh, you got to You got to okay, the knife so, on. Now, hey, you guys, you guys, the Chivas, the Chivas fans have, as Joel says, a, a, a huge opportunity to make amends in that. Unfortunately for y'all, and, and and for Chivas fans, and for and for Chivas, the 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 fact that that Bully there is you know is injured again, and they just haven't really, you know, you know, you know, maybe maybe making the Liguilla for Chivas should, I mean, just forget about it, and just and just go have a full proper preseason for the next yeah, one. But they have five games left, and I believe they have to win. They have to win every game. It's not gonna. Uh, it's not going to happen. They're, they're, has, I mean, they are. Have, he has gone in the past on five game winning streaks, but the the odds of that are pretty sl- slim, slim to none. Um, but but John, there's been more rumors on on the whole on the whole the Almeida. No, no, just on the whole Almeida thing, and what's become pretty more clear because now it's mentioned more often is that he does have a a release clause. For next well, for next year, yeah, but but see, he didn't have it at first, and then and, and he added it during the summer when uh, he had when some offers supposedly right. from uh, La Liga. Uh, suppose it was like two clubs, I think, that were interested. And uh, do you have an idea uh, the names of the clubs or the status of the clubs? Were they mid table, lower, lower table? Oh, it was I think Calaves and Las Palmas. Pretty lower lower table teams, but I mean he, Almeida is pretty ambitious. He wants to go. If he could be in La Liga, he'll take it. 
can well, take don't his you think, Joel, that, that then his his move now is to go ahead and stay with Chivas and win this thing and then do do better in the league to just to give give himself. Yeah, but sometimes sometimes along like if you don't take the opportunities when they're there, you you could get stuck, you know. Well, then he should have gone after he left. Then after they won, if that's what he wanted to do, then he should have, he should have. Yeah, but he he was you know he he had signed this extensive deal where he was getting a lot of money and and so I mean just to to buy out his contract was going to be pretty expensive, which which is why I knew uh, the recent rumors linking him to San Lorenzo were right. You know, or a bunch of BS. I don't know if going to pay. I put it anywhere between 2.5 and maybe three or four million just to buy him out. Yeah, but not even the uh, the the lower tier Spanish teams could afford to pay that salary. But then yeah, again, it, so, but he would probably but, take a pay cut to go to Spain than than to go to Argentina. Yeah, exactly. Which is, but that's part of the reason why he had. And, and I don't know if you remember, John. We had talked about that interview. His agent Santiago Hilsig. He did with El Financiero de Mexico. So, and I remember thinking, why is this? Uh, why is he giving us uh, an interview? Why is he releasing some of this info? You know, right? Uh, where he was talking about uh, at least minimum six more months at, at Chivas, and uh, but it might be, and and who knows? Because then then you had a uh, Jose Luis Higuera going to, you know, he was. He was talking well, to. It wasn't just that stop. He went. He went all. He went all over Europe. But he did happen to post that picture on social media. With that, that I thought was very. Uh, yeah, I think like, at this point, I think it's like, kind of like, your move between Nigera and and uh, Almeida's agent. By the and, way, and very we, very underrated sitcom. It's your move. It was Jason Bateman. <laughs> Jason, you remember that show? No. <laughs> no, it was it was Jason Bateman as a teenager. It was in the mid eighties. It only lasted like not even a full season, but underrated. Oh, Please continue. Please continue. <laughs> no, and we, this is something we even saw uh, a few seasons back, where they were even linking Almeida to New Worlds. Basically, any any team in Argentina. There's only about two, three teams in Argentina that would probably come close to paying Almeida what he makes now. Right. So, so basically, like, if anyone, if you hear, if you hear, like, any rumors, it's, it's pretty much hoopla. I mean, the, the only way I could see him going is if, like, like, uh, it's a team that's, that's bound for Copa Libertadores and they're going to do a pretty good investment. Right. So then, then it becomes attractive because he's, he's going to be in the spotlight. But it, it's, yeah, that hasn't been the case. Yeah, but as it stands right now, I mean, unfortunately for him, um, you know, Chivas has had that bad season, so kind of, you know, the luster's rubbed off of But I mean, maybe some teams just aren't going to care about that because maybe they understand. So it'll be so. So uh, then, Joel, my next question is, is, is Almeida going to be the coach uh, in January? Who knows, man? It comes down to the relationship between well, him and that's not what I, That's not what I'm, 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 I'm asking you. What do you think? Will he be the coach, yes or no? In January? Man. Well, yeah, I, I think he's gonna still be uh, he's still gonna be around. Uh, Chivas doesn't have money right now to to throw around, and there isn't much to pick from. So I, I don't, right. I don't, I don't just see them. Which, as I was telling fellow Chivistas, <clears throat> I'm not expecting any any big contrataciones, especially going into World Cup. You're not gonna get any any national team caliber player. Well, they all want to play in the MLS, apparently. 
Yeah, yeah, and you know why Higuera supposedly talked to Vela? He, he tried to bring him over, uh, and he went with the LA deal. Well, see, what, then maybe what Guadalajara needs to do is talk to the NBA. <laughs> the NBA <laughs> team in Guadalajara. That's right, have more, uh, have more, have more players. Well, you know, that's uh, interesting that y'all uh, have, 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 have said that about Chivas now. Uh, if you look at the, at the table, we should look at the table. I'm going to look at the table right now. And Chivas like is third, in position. Position. No, that's, that's Pumas that's in last. And then Puebla is, is, they have seven. Puebla has eight and Chivas has nine. So, uh, it's the, it's, it's, it's the single digit club along with Santos. So just, just, uh, you know, three traditionally decent teams in, the in Liga Amekis are just, are just, for lack of a better term, just sucking. They're just not, not, not playing, playing well at but all. There's, there's another thing I think while we're on Chivas and that's, that's Chivas bending the knee and accepting Televisa as, you know, the one true king in the South. And, and that, I don't know if there's that was... Yeah, man. They had no choice. I mean, Chivas, they, they want to be on TV. I mean, they can't. And Chivas is a great idea, but... They did a little finger to uh, to Grupo Pachuca, though. <laughs> He's like, I told you not to trust me. And he just lashed them right when they were going for the boats. <laughs> Again, I was just, you know, I told you I couldn't be trusted. And uh, But yeah, because... That was Chivas' lifeline for a while, even though they did take advantage and, you know, overcharge for a couple of players. But that's where Chivas was getting, a, you know, a good amount of players and making deals with. Right. They had and, become their, 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 their Chivas Cantera was Pachuca. And well, they were the ones. Since not a part of Pachuca anymore, so maybe, you know, that kind of – Works in favor with their relationship with Pachuca, um, you know the Martinez. No, I, right? I think that might be broken. You know the whole yeah. Chivas group of Pachuca thing might be. I mean, this guy's pretty salty, man. Uh, the Pachuca guy's been giving interviews and pointing fingers, so I don't think it ended too well. So it's gonna. Well, yeah, that's, they, I'm sure they were gonna get a piece of that ad revenue too. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting going into into the. Um, you know, Mercado de Piernas into the transfer market, you know, who, who Chivas is going to maybe negotiate with. Well, but like, like, El Pepero and uh, what's his, uh, I don't know if you've been watching Club, Club de Cuervos. Club de Cuervos, Aitor. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the new season's out, so they, you know, they go to the uh, El Mercado de Piernas and they have nobody to sign, so they, they sign a bunch of nobodies. They sign like a uh, one guy, he's prone to heart attacks. Uh, you know, another guy. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin it for you, but yeah, and, and garbage, it's... garbage man. They call him el, el pepenador. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, not... I mean, I, I don't see any big signings, which which is which was another reason to promote more from the youth academy. Um, was in Almeida working with uh, with youth players more? Did, didn't he say he was taking? He took like forty. Right. Was that's why I'm wondering what. what all right, we're gonna we're gonna give y'all gonna give y'all one last chance to to get your last Chivas shot in, and then we're moving on. So, well, so, so make it make it good. You know what I want to ask Jolie is so what's up with Ramoncito Morales? How's his uh, coaching trajectory going? I haven't heard anything from him in a while. So I don't I don't know what's going on there. Well, he but, was on Univision for a bit, so. But you know, given that he bent the knee, Televisa must have offered something, so. 
probably access to their player agents. I mean, you know, people to negotiate with. So I think that's something to look out for uh, going into the transfer market. So you're saying that, uh, that, that Chivas will be negotiating with uh, with teams that aren't that. It is funny how that works. Yeah, Santos, Al Santos, and the Kaka, you know. Play with each other, yeah. So you you expect uh, Diego Lainez to? No, no, not not directly. But but I mean, we have seen like some of the teams that always trade within, you know, back and forth. So you know, teams like Necaxa and Santos will probably be able to move some players around. All right. So uh, as we well before we move on, we do want to uh, make sure that uh, that we introduce uh, the new the newest members that have joined our panel. First of all, we have in Escondido, California, we have uh, Daniel Pensiano joins us. Good evening, boys. Daniel, how are you? I'm good, as always. En- enjoying the uh, the company in the single digit club down at the bottom of the table. Yeah, enjoying that. Uh, the qualifiers. Ooh. You know what? Uh, that was a crazy ten minutes, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, no, it was just nuts. Uh, just uh, the back and forth, uh, the, the constant updates. Right, but we'll we'll get into that here here in a second. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean Santos. Yeah. They've made a change. Well, you know, everybody. Now, this international break is allowing me to to, to give me a rest from from from, uh, from my team. Mercifully, to, to have we can't a, lose a, if we don't play. A soccer escape. <laughs> I understand. Yes. I understand because you know it's funny because all of the single-digit uh, teams have fired their coaches, except for for Chivas. It's it's the only one that hasn't. So, and and, and Puebla, God bless them. That you know they they dusted off uh, uh, Ojitos Mesa and uh, and have brought him back. I think that was a good move on their part. I mean, I. I, I know he's definitely a retread, but I mean, definitely a proven winner. I think there's uh, worse choices out there. Absolutely, no. It was, uh, you know, another one that uh, has plenty of tread on the tires. But like you said, you know, can can certainly stabilize them and at least get them to play where they're not, you know, playing as bad as Pumas is. And that's just been a, a complete disaster. I mean, why I watched the the Pumas Cruz match for as long as I could take it. And it was just, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen Bumas play that bad. And I've been watching them for for a while. And it's, uh, it was, uh, it, w- it was pretty brutal. It was, it was, it was pretty brutal, uh, watching them go, go ahead and then give up just systematically break away. I mean, not even, you know, goals and run to play like breakaway, you know, three on one type goals. I mean, it, it was, it was like, it was like watching, uh, it was watching a team play a Caribbean uh, minnow. Is, is, is what it looked like there too. It was it was it was rough. It was brutal. Like like Liechtenstein or Saint Kitts and Nevis. It was just uh, not not the prettiest thing in the world. And uh, they made a. I would guess they would call that a change, or maybe just uh, you know brought the next victim, and it's David Patino, who was a terrific player for Pumas and a great national team player before he got hurt. And now he was coaching the Fuerzas Basicas, and, which I actually, uh, I think if, if you're going to bring a coach in, at least bring in a guy that knows who he's, who he's got guys that, that he at least has the confidence in the, the plug in just because he's seen him. So hopefully that'll, uh, hopefully that'll work out for, for Pumas because they need to get, they need to get, first of all, they need to get into double digits for sure. 
But if they could get, you know, 15 points and then get, like, you know, 20 in the Nigiya zone for the next tournament, then they should be able to stave off the, the ghost that's coming. Because otherwise, it's, 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 they're going to have a rough season, rough next two seasons for sure, if they don't get their act together now. Very, very sad for Pumas, so I will, I'll go ahead and just, just take it. It's just, uh, <laughs> very nice. Been a, been a, been a rough time for, for, uh, for, for Pumas fans, but, but also joining us, uh, over in, uh, in, in Philadelphia. Ronnie Luna joins us for Philadelphia. Ronnie, how are you, sir? How are you doing, John? How are you guys doing tonight? So, Ron, we asked, uh, Joel and, uh, and, uh, and, and Cambiarayas earlier about, about Lainez. If Lainez has a crazy good World Cup in India and, uh, like one of the world's top six clubs says, Hey, come on. If you're him, would you go? Nah, too young. Too young. Unless you're actually, I mean, I mean, like, like, if you, like, similar to, to, to Messi, where you actually have the whole family moving and stuff like that, but. Right. You're, when that too young, you're still immature in many, many ways, you know? And, and you need, and if you don't have that coach that can be like that authority figure or that father figure, you, you need to have that. And I think, you know, you'll get that with family. So you don't think that, 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 that the European coaches are capable of being that father figure? No, they can, they, they can be, but I'm just saying it's like if, 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 if Diego goes to a team where, okay, where they just treat him as an investment, you know, uh, like, oh, well, maybe, maybe he'll pan out. Maybe he won't. It's like, nah, it's kind of like, kind of like well, what, you know, what, what we started to see with Vela and, and, and Gio when like, you know, with Arsenal and Tottenham and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I, I personally, I, I, I would stay, I would say he still has a lot to learn. Okay. So he's so. So if you were him, you wouldn't. But 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 would would he take it if if offered? I know what I know what your heart what your heart says. If if, if he's if he has a crazy one and he's and say Barca, you know Real Madrid or somebody. Well, not because they wouldn't do it, but like a, a Barcelona says, "Hey man, you know, come come finish your your apprenticeship here at at uh, La Masia and we'll see where you go." I, I mean, they probably would take it, but I'm just thinking that. I personally, I personally wouldn't take it, and I, you know, and I. Well, let me ask: Does he have the maturity to handle it? You know, from what from what I saw, the, you know, the six months he was, you know, playing with, you know, La Volpe and stuff like that. Uh-huh. He did, you know, he did handle himself well. Um, he do did, you like he did, Do you like the cut of his jib? <laughs> I, I think he's an interesting player, and I think he's got a lot, a lot of potential. But he, he you just, it's a, it's a crapshoot. I mean, you still, you're still not, you know, mature enough. Right. You're still not a mature enough. And, you know, uh, I mean, I, I just, I, I would say, I would stay, get, get, you know, get, get some playing time and, 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 America, you know, get in some key, you know, games, playoff games, you know, hopefully win a couple of titles. And then I would go venture out into, into Europe. So you're saying, for, for the Mexican, not just Lainez, but maybe for the Mexican player, if, if you're going to make the jump, make the jump as someone who has already been, you know, has become a, you know, you can still be a seasoned professional at, at 19, 20 years old. 
Yeah. So th- 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 that, that that's what you would and they would and you would prefer them to say you know what you you know that you this guy is so good he can play anywhere in the world. So if they're going to you know give you the crazy money and go over there, go. You, you know what it, it it's funny. You know how like right now the Mexican players have done extremely well in in, in Nine Heaven. And, and and I think part of that has to do that that, that they're well that they're appreciated. There they're must well-being. be one hell of a taqueria in Eindhoven, I think. <laughs> Don't you think? And we just one that just does it right, and like and you know like like they're, they're transported. Yeah, yeah, I mean the whole you know connections with you know Westerhoff and all those guys, you know, and the back and forth with with you know. But what but my point is that I, I think when the club values you know the player. You see the results, and you, right. and you see and you see why, you know, uh, Massa, why Salicido, why uh, Guardado, why uh, Moreno, and them were successful. It, it, it's because they have a club that you know that does value the player. You know, the league they 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 value in the Mexican league. They value for its its abilities of of playing. You know, the style that they want. You know, so um, right. Ronnie. Would yeah. you favor him going to the Dutch league, like maybe AZ Alkmaar? You know, I, I, I still, I still, I still haven't drank the Kool Aid, Gambiarias. You know that everything is faster in Europe. You know what I mean? I, I think part of what you're seeing, you know, part of what you're seeing, you know, with the South American teams, and and why you know Europe has been dominating. And the national team levels is because not they're playing in their for the most part they're playing in their domestic leagues, and and um, and they're and they have the ability to, to train with the national teams. I'm still call me an old part with that. I, I still prefer the, the guys in Mexico. I still want them in Mexico. You're an old fart. No, I'm just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it depends on where you go. Honestly, I mean, I mean, if you have an opportunity again to play with. And, right, and, and start with with you know, uh, unless, uh, unless you're going to go uh, with Barcelona. Top, well, not just Barcelona, but like a a Liverpool or a Manchester United or a, or a Bayern Munich. You know, just a, a team like that, a team that a, that, a is, team that's a, that is a challenge for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for a pile of trophies every year, and yeah, you know that you're like, going to go and start, then you absolutely make the move. But I, I mean, I, 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 a but Champions to me, League team. Yeah, exactly. And, their... A contender, a contender. Yeah, yeah, a contender. And uh, you know, Chikurusano, I, I think, has had a terrific start to his, his his career in Europe, and it's been really good. And I know that the, you know, a lot of people say that that they don't play that much defense in the Dutch league, so you know, you take it with whatever. But to me, the reality is, I I think Chuki could have gone to a to a better league and played for a better team and, and done and, and and started right away. I think he's that good. I, I think. Hey man, PSV was good enough uh, with for the El Fenomeno. Yeah, but no, the Fenomeno was also seventeen. Chuki's twenty one. There's a big difference. But, you know, when you're when a, you're when you're 17, I totally understand. You know, Romario did the same thing, and I totally get that. But when you're that, when that, you're 21, I've been playing been playing in Mexico for three years and starting and winning and, and doing well. I, I, to me, I think missing, I, I, missing, I think that he has a talent and to missing go open sitters for a open goals. Hey man, they all miss open sitters. All right? <laughs> I think I think, I think that's Chucky why soccer is one zero. That's why it's not ten zero. Or you know, I 10-9. think I think I think Lozano could have been you know at PSV you know two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, go to PSV, I, I, but go when, go under under the age of twenty. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think the one positive but, but is that the Mexican league, to... is that the Mexican league that doesn't uh, give these guys the opportunity at a younger age, or 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 is it that they're not good enough at a younger age, or what? You know, what what is it? Probably both. Hmm. I would say probably both, or a little bit of both. 
I just say like the one I kind of agree with John though as far as a uh, Chucky being. I hate to say too good, but I mean, I just think the level is going to be is equal to is pretty equal to to that of the Mexican league. So yeah, I agree. I think he could have gone to a more challenging, more challenging league. But the one good thing about this is I think that the one thing that the that the Dutch league has that the Mexican league doesn't is is just it's 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 a lot more viewable. So I think it, it it'll if if he could tear it up over there, then I think uh. A big transfer is 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 is, is, is going to be waiting for him. Yeah, if he has a like a twenty twenty five goal season, then, and then does happens to do well at the World Cup, then yeah, he's. Uh, remind me, when's the last time a Dutch team made a pretty good, significant run in the Champions League, like semifinals? It was I know it was two thousand five. Yeah, okay. And, and, and I think PSV did make they did make the I think the quarters though last last time around last year, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, I think you were at So right. I mean that's not bad. Yeah, I mean right. Mexico your lost Mexico's the uh the two thousand fourteen uh, in Brazil, the World Cup, the the head to head matchup between these two guys, these two uh you know, the CONCACAF giant and the Dutch uh you know. Uh Netherlands had a base uh, basically from uh you know, from within their league, you know. So I I wouldn't knock it and say hey right like, and then that that same base right now did not qualify for the 2014 Euro and is on the verge of not qualifying for the 2018 World Cup. So yeah. there's there's two sides to everyone. I, no, I mean, but again, I, I do, I do believe these guys play, uh, you know against really yeah. like the like I've seen the qualifying groups they're, they're you know they're they're what they got Kazakhstan and they have like yeah but the way Moldova that Europe and and, and 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 you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but the way that Europe does. The qualifying is that whatever team ends up in last place of the group, those the results for the other teams are are, are erased. They're thrown out as if they didn't even happen. I, I'd so hate like it, 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 it's like it's like when they take the first like your best and worst score and figure skate and they eliminate it. They just take the middle. So even if they play those last teams, it just doesn't matter because those games are going to get thrown out. So far, so far, this match today with two new teams added to the World Cup, right? The England and Germany, right? If I'm not mistaken. England made it. Uh, yeah, they 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 got a like a 95th minute goal. Uh, uh, Harry Kane scored, and then they they advanced uh, into the tournament. And then Germany, I don't think had any problem at all with Northern Ireland, and uh, and to the to the shock of no one, uh, adv- advanced to the World Cup again. So if I'm not mistaken, I think they've only missed one in their entire history. The qualifying in Europe just seems meh, very boring. I mean, it, it kind of – I just – you, you look at the groups, yeah. and it just – to me, it just seems like you have to be pretty poor to not qualify. For for me, for me, the best part about the Euros is actually the the, uh, the second-place playoff matches. Those are, to me, for me, at least – And those, those are, are coming more, up next month. Exactly, because, I mean, I remember, like, for, like, two – like the Turkey and Switzerland, like, you know, those are almost like, you know, live and death type matches. Right. Uh, and uh, Eng- England played Scotland in one uh, yeah. a few years ago. Germany played Ukraine. And Portugal is always, for whatever reason, they're always in the playoff. They, they, they seem and, to always make it to the playoff. And how, how could we forget the the France-Ireland with the Henry handball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And, and then are the Irish uh, cheering for Mexico during <laughs> the World Cup? <laughs> That is pretty so, fun. So, I mean, for me, that's the only good part about, you know, uh, about the Euro qualifiers because I, 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 I agree with Dan that it's, eh. I mean, you, you'll, occasionally you'll have one, maybe two groups of death. 
But other than that, you know, I I just like I really like watching the the, the playoffs because they they tend to be intense. Well, I will say that the uh, that this the Tartan Army is they are they are in it to win it. They have a chance to make it to the playoff, which which for them would be massive. If because they won today and they're now in second place in the group, England won their group and they're in second place. I think with seventeen points, and then there's uh the the Slovenias and Slovakias are at fifteen and fourteen, and they play Slovenia in Slovenia. So I believe if if they earn a tie, if they get a draw out of that, then they make it to the. Uh, I, I'd like to see the four home countries from the UK uh, qualify because uh, I've always had good experience with their fans, and they're like you know. If I did go to, to 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 the World Cup, the train stations with those fans, it's it's always a blast. They're always right. singing and stuff like that. They're the, the, those type of fans. So hopefully they make it. Those, those are really the only teams that I you know that I that I want uh, to qualify. If anything, well, just because of the fans, you know. Well, Scotland have terrific fans, and they've played plenty of plenty of World Cups, but they have never made it out of the group stage. The Scots. Which is just crazy. They've had opportunities, but it just they've, 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 they, I remember actually in Mexico, uh, they they had uh, they, if they could just beat Uruguay, and Uruguay was down to like nine men. If I'm because they like in the first, <laughs> this is so funny. This is so Uruguay. In the first uh, five minutes of the game, uh, a charrua just just completely like, just just blanchot the hell out of a guy. And he got a straight red in the first three minutes of the game. So for the next eighty-seven minutes, they were down. They were they were down to ten men, and Scotland still couldn't. Uh, and I think they got another one. So they were down to nine, and then and poor Scotland couldn't could couldn't get the goal to send them through. So, they, so they, that's the kind of luck they get. Northern Ireland, I think, is the only team from the home, you know, from the from the UK that still hasn't played in the World Cup. No, Northern Ireland's played in the World Cup because uh, they beat Spain in Spain. Did, did they qualify? Yeah, they beat Spain and they made it to the second round. Oh, because oh. they had a, they had a they had, they had the the youngest player in World Cup history. I don't know if they've had a younger one since. A guy by the name of Norman Whiteside, who uh, was 16 when he played in the world and was a starter. I mean, he was a he was a starter for them, and they beat Spain in Valencia to to make it to the to, to the next round, and they were in the same group with uh, with Honduras and uh, Yugoslavia. And, and and Honduras actually had a chance to to advance, but I think, I think they lost to Northern Ireland. Uh, and 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 had they even just drawn that, that they, they were the ones that would have advanced. No, does John does John keep a copy of Historia de los Mundiales in, in, in the bathroom I, or something? I, I do have. That's, <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm a World Cup guy. I know I know the World Cup. Eighty two. That's that was pretty good, John. I, I was I was too young to watch that World Cup. <laughs> that was the. I, I mean, Argentina. I. I, I kind of remember watching. I mean, I remember Mexico getting their ass kicked by the Germans, six uh, zero. That that one will always stick in my memory. And I remember that that memory I've told y'all about being on the bus. Yeah. But other than that, I just have, I have very small. But but Spain eighty two. I can. I mean, I remember the hell out of that one. That was. Uh, I mean, that's that's, when they, that, that's they, really where I fell in love because Brazil was. Uh, I mean, even though you missed out on Maradona, they hacked him. They hacked him no. out of the tournament. Well, he hacked himself out of the tournament, but uh, he he had his moments. I mean, not like not like Mexico, but I mean, he had he had a few. But uh, he was. Uh, yeah, but that, that 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 Brazil team, they were my god. I mean, there was. They were outstanding, and for a ten-year-old kid to watch that, you're like, you know, I mean, how could you not just you know totally be a, a fan for theirs, of theirs? Just the way they played was was, was incredible. What, what Zico said, that's the that's the day football dies. 
<laughs> when they when they lost to Italy. Italy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember that day clearly. I remember that just that whole game was like the whole, the whole Televisa. Everybody they were they were just completely in shock because they were obviously have, the home team. I have I have seen the '82 Brazil team because uh, you can watch the games on YouTube. I don't know if they still have them, but. Um, that those those games I did watch and and it was such a delight to to watch uh, oh. that that Brazil team from '82. Hopefully, La Volpe reviews them soon. That would be outstanding. I would watch that. I, I think I haven't had a chance to watch the the yeah. the, Mex- the Brazil '70. But just a quick plug for Vigoton. But for those that don't know, he has a he started a YouTube channel and and he you know he reviews. He reviews teams and breaks down their tactics. Isn't it the Vigo the Vigo vlog? Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Nice. That's uh, Lavolpe, huh? Yeah, he just has one. He just put it up recently. So it's. I, do you guys think Fernando watches that one with the door closed? Starts <laughs> 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 with it's a lotion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm curious if, uh, if, if 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 at some point or another the uh, if if if, if La Volpe busts out with his uh, with his uh, famous well, see, I, it sucks when the machine doesn't, doesn't respond because then you can't get to it quickly. Enough. It really really sucks. But the uh, yo siempre digo que el fútbol alguna vez es, en mi punto de vista es como un ajedrez. Yeah, just go ahead. Did, oh, I, did I tell you about the the interview that uh, he was? It was um, he was in Argentina, I think, with Fox Sports with uh, Diego La Torre and them, and he was just talking about uh, he was talking about a lot of topics, but you know he was also talking about the you know the final that he had lost, you know, with America and stuff like that. But really, really good interview. Uh, talk, you know, and talking tactics and and all that type of stuff. So uh, hopefully, hopefully his blog uh, takes off. Yeah, or John, maybe Pumas would send him a. An offer, man. That would be that would be outstanding. He's got a bit of both of what they want. Working with youth, you know. You'd have Ugo criticizing him every day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ugo would be super salty. (laughs) You know, uh... but but I think Ugo wants to buy Puebla. So I don't know. Wait. Wouldn't it be funny if, if Jose Ramon and, and, and Hugo buy Puebla? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You got you got you got info on this, or you 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 just yeah? He, he even admitted to it on uh, yeah, yeah. spicy soccer. I remember that. Re- he was going to buy Puebla, right? Or he was going to be one of the? Well, yeah. he was lo- he was looking into it. He was looking into it. Yes. Yeah, and the owner even talked about it. The Puebla owner said, "Hey, show me the money." Um, and and then Miguera called him out on it too. You know, he's. He said, uh, "When when you own the team, then you could talk." Wait, why is Iguera saying that he owns the team? No, no, no. Uh, Iguera was on Spicy Soccer. This was a few months around the time of the whole Chivas TV ordeal when uh, when Chivas, re- uh, you know, that that mysterious class appeared. That extension was that, class was, was that the episode? Was that the, was that the episode where he I Niveles? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew. But but I because and he got him pretty good, man. Um, I gotta give him credit to Yera when uh, 
you know, he said it was all about money. And, and he told Hugo how when you came back from Spain, you didn't go to Pumas, you you went to America. And, uh, yeah, Macho, Macho didn't really have anything to say there. But he said, hey, if you get Puebla, then we'll talk about some of this. You know, he's telling him he was going to see the, the business side because he was getting criticized for extending the contracts with uh, Cuba Vision and, and then with TDN. Interesting. Man, Cambiaraya seems like out of the loop. You, you need to subscribe to our newsletter, man. Yeah, you know what? For some reason, you you guys are blacklisting me. What's up with that? Is that is that Beto? Probably, you man. You didn't is send him his teeth. Beto? You need to start sending your teeth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're accusing He's us after my shekels. <laughs> All right. So uh, now that we have uh, everybody here, we do want to jump more into. World Cup qualifying, which, uh, as you guys know, we had a crazy ten minutes. Uh, with the last ten minutes of what we saw in 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 South America here, there toward the second half. But uh, but joining us now, we do have a gentleman who uh, is the host of the of the only one hour soccer show here on Austin Radio, uh, locally in Austin at one hundred four nine Horn. He is also the voice, uh, at least he was. I'm sure I'm hoping he still is the voice of Southwestern University soccer up in Georgetown. And he does uh, host a couple of high school shows here as well uh, on the 1049 The Horn. The uh, and uh, it's just a very, a very busy man, so we're very, very happy to have him. And uh, of course, he is an Austin High graduate. Uh, and, and I don't know if y'all know about Austin High, but it's like where the a lot of like the millionaires go. I don't know if he's a millionaire, but I know for a fact that he's a millionario, which we'll talk about here as well. And uh, with uh, with uh, actually, I do have a new guest intro. So, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Kit McConico. Uh, Kit McConico joins us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. Kit, how are you? I'm well, thank you, John. I, I like the intro. I, uh, it's a nice tribute to Bob Fosse there. I like it. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I'm glad you knew where that came from. So, uh, so, so, so thank you for that. That's, uh, for, for those who don't know, that was a little bit from, uh, from all that jazz. Uh, well, well, Kit joins us. As I mentioned, he's, uh, he's the host of, of, of the throw in, uh, here in Austin. It's an hour long show. And I want to, I wanted to bring Kit on because uh, it's not very often that the, the U.S. goes into a, the ninth game of the hexagonal without not, not, not only not having qualified for the World Cup, but being in danger of not making the World Cup. So I kind of wanted to take the, 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 the temperature of, uh, what I would consider your average uh, passionate U.S. fan in, in regard to that. But my first question to you, kid, is uh, I said that you're, you're, you're a millionario. How did the, the, the a question we ask every guest that comes on, how did the sorting hat pick River Plate for you? Um, I, was, I was lucky. I was visiting Argentina. I went to a match, the first match I ever went to in Argentina. I met a gentleman who worked for the club. He invited my mother, my brother, and I into the stadium. We met the president at the time, Jose Maria Aguilar. He took us to the trophy room, the locker room. We walked on the field. I met a few players. And at the conclusion of the evening, he looked at my mother, my brother, and myself, and he said, you are now Visionarios. You will be River fans for life. Welcome to the club. And ever since, I've been a fan of the great River Plate. You know, it sounds like the sorting hat was giving you the hard sell there on, on, on River Plate, having to make I mean, to, to, to roll out the president to meet you, 
just 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 to be a fan of there. That, that's a little that's a little heavy handed, don't you think? I mean, do you think that you would have gotten the same kind of treatment over at uh, over at the Bombonera? Absolutely not. And I know people. I'm I'm lucky that I know people that have been fans of River for generations that have never walked on the field. And the first match I ever went to at El Monumental, I was able to walk on the field and go in the locker room. So I will I will always be grateful and always be, I will always be a Misho. And very, very happily so. Now, how hard was it for you? I would assume you watched the, the Peru-Argentina match earlier today to, to keep down the bile because it was being played at the moment. And because of that fact, you think that that's what's going to cost Argentina their, their, their place in Russia that they played in that stadium? It, stadiums don't win matches. And I was, I was very, very tired of hearing this week in the Argentine media that being at La Bombonera would be so difficult for Peru and no one wins at La Bombonera and that's why they played there. I think that's nonsense. Uh, I certainly understand it. I've been to matches there. I've seen Argentina play there in the past and, and I understand that it is a difficult place to play. But to my original point, stadiums don't score goals. La Bombonera didn't score any goals tonight. Argentine's mid- the Argentinian midfield was absolutely atrocious. Messi should have had five or six assists. Nobody wanted to put the ball in the back of the net. But because they played at La Bombonera, they weren't going to win the match. And for people to think that they were just because of the venue is absolute nonsense. I don't know if it would have been any different how they played it in Monumental. I don't know if they played it in Tucumán or anywhere else in the country if it would have been any different. To be to be quite frank, this this is just a poor team. And they've had a poor showing through qualifying and they may not deserve to go to the World Cup. And that's it's hard for me to say as a fan of Argentina, but it may be the same with the United States. They may, they may not deserve to qualify for the World Cup. So Argentina, if I'm not mistaken, they go to Ecuador. They have to, they have to wrap it up in Quito. Is, is that correct? Is, is that yes. what they're playing this next week or next weekend? Next Tuesday. Wow. But if they win, they're in, I would assume. I guess it depends on what everyone else says. So they, they really, they're really not controlling their own destiny at this point. No, they're not, and they, they absolutely have to win. But even if they win, things may not go in their favor, but they can't worry about that. They have to get a victory in Ecuador, which is difficult to do. It's a good team. They had to win tonight. Everyone knew that. They were unable to. But that's the game, and that's the way things work. You have to get a result. It's a results-oriented business. And if you can't score goals, well, it's going to be hard to win. And, and and can we all agree that that South American qualifying is is far and away the most entertaining as far as uh, as far as World Cup qualifiers go? And just, I mean, I'm not saying that what happened in those last ten minutes that we were talking about earlier happens all the time in South American qualifying, but it just seems like because that that that, that it is that round robin uh, style that they've been playing. This is what like a two year, almost two and a half year tournament. So they've been playing this for over over every fecha FIFA that they've had since. Also, uh, most difficult, John. Most most difficult. I, I would have to say, honestly, I think it's uh, probably Africa, just because uh, for whatever reason they they don't seem to want to favor their 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 stronger teams. So they always get. I mean, you always look at groups in Africa where there's like two and three teams that are just you know otherwise if, if they'd spread it a little evener more even rather would have a much better chance of making the World Cup. But because it's just, I mean, there there's uh, one group that I saw it's that. I mean, two two really good teams are not going to make are, are not going to make the World Cup, but if they're different kind of a qualifying format. But but I mean, as far as uh, top to bottom, I would have to say South America for sure, because I mean, even a bad Venezuela team is still pretty decent. Well, even right now, the difference is between one and two points. 
Well, yeah. I mean, let, let's look at the table right now. I mean, I've got it. Uh, if I can just uh, remember what where it is that I put it, but I, I have it right now. And, and and so Brazil has qualified. They're in first place. Uh, they have thirty eight points, but Uruguay has twenty eight. They're in second. Chile and Colombia have twenty six each, uh, uh, and their goal differential is the same. And the only reason Chile is ahead is because they have more goals in uh, in, in favor, twenty six over twenty, over Colombia. And then Peru is in twenty and twenty five. Tied again with Argentina uh, on goal difference, but Peru has scored 26. Argentina, to Kit's point, in 17 matches with what I would consider, uh, outside of Messi, the, as, as as good a group of offensive players as, as any any national team in, in the world has, has only scored 17 goals in 16 games. And they've only and they haven't scored in their last 60 shots on goal. And for Argentina, everyone has always said in this qualifying. Throughout the qualifying, well, you've got you have an amazing offense. You have some of the best strikers, some of the best attacking midfielders in the world. They just haven't gotten it done. And the question is, well, they brought in new guys. They brought in Ikarvi. They brought in people, Diwala, people that they wanted to see. They've left off Iguain, who I think has gotten a bum rap. Yes, he's missed big goals in big matches, but a lot of the goals he's scored have gotten them into those big matches. They've left off Tevez. He's in China. He's not playing top-quality football right now. Obviously, Alguero hurt, breaking a rib. He was going to be on this team tonight. He would have played, but you're without El Kun Alguero. That's a huge loss. What it comes down to is you have to score goals. You have players. You started Benedetto up front, who plays for Boca. Probably not the person I would have chosen to start up front. I understand why they did it, but if you don't score goals – you're not going to win games. And when you have the talent, the plethora of attacking talent that Argentina has, they have no excuse for not scoring goals. They really uh... – One of the things with the Argentina, though, I mean, because if you if you look at their roster, man, you know, man-to-man, they probably have the best roster in the world. And I, I think that one of the reasons why that their goal output is, is not is, – is, is poor – it's because Argentina faces a lot of bunkering. I mean, I mean, to the point where it's it's frustrating, and, and teams like you know, like the Barcelona, there were only a few teams that know how to break that bunker, and Argentina, for some reason, can't do it. You know, because you know, you know, even even Brazil doesn't face that amount of, of bunkering. I've noticed this this set of uh, qualifiers. I agree with you, and I think it's a good point. Argentina, obviously, when you have a player the caliber of Messi. Sometimes they're too deferential towards Messi, and they try to play through him too much, and that's been an issue. And you know, it almost reminds me of the way that uh, that, that that Ronaldo's with Portugal, where you know, he, I mean, obviously he's an, an outstanding player, probably could go to the gym, but you know, he the, the, the he, he doesn't have the, the, the same talent as some of the. You know, as, as as what he's used to playing for with Real Madrid. You know, so he gets very, you can just see him. I always he just I saw him today. He's just pounding. You know, he's pounding his fist because you know some guy didn't 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 have ESP to know that Ronaldo was behind him, and the guy didn't make the pass. And uh, so I, I almost see a little bit of of Argentina kind of deferring to Messi a lot of times. And you know, the the sad thing is, well, not sad because he's such a great player, but but it it almost works, and and, and it has been happening at least since the. Uh, the Copa America that, that was in Argentina, where they were literally just watching him play and then hoping he can make something happen. It, 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 it's like Argentina. Argentines seem to forget their role 
when when they play on the national team just because Messi's so they're just expecting Messi to do it all for them. And that's something that I've that I've noticed on their on their side at least since then. I, it never used to be like that. They used to be a very you guys talk about bunker man. They used to man Argentina seemed seemed the bunker their entire especially when they played in South America. And I remember in the, the previous Copa America they had in Venezuela where they were you know they faced the bunker in every group game they played and they systematically were very patient with it and you know they weren't you know you know they didn't have guys you know going one on three like like Messi's been doing for the past 5 years and they were very systematic and they and and they they were very patient if things didn't work and they were just waiting for the other team to make the mistake or or, or waiting for that one guy to make the run and no one saw and bam they would score and they just have not played like that since Messi has been "quote unquote" the best player in the world. It just it just hasn't happened. They, they they are so dependent on 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 his success that that if he doesn't have and from now and and it's not that Messi didn't have a good game. You know he played decently, but if he doesn't have a terrific game, then they're gonna have a hard time, as you guys said, scoring. So, no, I agree with you. I think Messi at times he's played poorly with the national team. I don't think tonight was one of those instances. I think he played well tonight. He did what he needed to do, but he didn't get any help. People missed shots. Um, they went with a lineup that I wasn't a huge fan of. They brought people off the bench that I didn't understand. Gago was in the match for, I mean, mere minutes before he had to come off. Argentina. And he, I heard he I'm got sorry? an ACL tear for, for, for Gago, unfortunately, which is well, awful. He, he was on I the think he, they said it was an ACL tear. And if that's the case, I'm sorry to hear that. You never want to hear anyone hear of anyone getting injured, especially a potentially career-ending injury. But Argentina has to make some serious decisions. They they have a must-win match, but even that may not be enough. And if this is the end of this cycle, if this is the end of Messi, it's unfortunate. But he will never ever be viewed as one of the greats. Certainly not the great. He will never surpass Maradona in Argentina. Many of his many of his countrymen already don't view him that that, that highly. I mean, there's a I forget his name. He's a he's a very influential uh, reporter in Argentina. He's got the the, the red hair. I forget his name. Uh, Ruben or on Fox Sports, that guy. What are you talking about? He Jesus. I mean, if you watch his YouTube videos, or I've seen a lot of his interviews, he just just. I mean, he really really. It seems like when he talks. Bad about Messi. It, it's like it, it's not a criticism, but it's like it's done with it, malice. Ronnie, you know? that's uh, Ronnie Deluna talking there. Uh, Ronnie, is, is it like that guy in Monterrey that would just trash Charito? Say that I don't think it's so much better. Was it was, was it that kind of trashing? You you get to the point where sometimes you you don't, you don't even like, dude. That's not even criticism. That is just straight up hate. Ronnie, you're exactly right. And Messi has a very strange relationship with Argentina. I've been back and forth numerous times throughout the years. Because he left at 13 and moved to Barcelona, because he – the only thing that saves him, truthfully, is that he still has an Argentine accent, but he doesn't have a huge connection with the country. He is not the most popular player in Argentina by a long shot. Tevez is much more popular in Argentina than Messi is, and that's hard for Messi. For many years, the reason he and Tevez didn't play together is because he didn't like the fact that Tevez was the more popular player in their home country. A lot of people in Argentina don't like Messi. They don't feel that they have any connection to him. And the fact that the rest of the world views him as the greatest player in the world, but he can't come through for Argentina rightly or, and I would say wrongly, but that's, that's how they view him. And if he, if he doesn't win a World Cup for Argentina, he is never, ever going to be the person that he is in the rest of the world. It's going to be difficult for him. It's going to be difficult for him to live there when he retires. He may have to. I mean, I'm sure he'll go home. He's, he's from Rosario, and he's a Newell's fan, and he played for Newell's. But 
people in Argentina don't view him the way people in the rest of the world do. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, that's that's really that's. I'm not gonna lie, that's that's just rough. <laughs> Rougher for poor Leonel. So is that where he's going to end up? Is he is he going to play his 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 final? Is he going to play it out at, at Newell's Old Boys? He will. He um he's already said the only other club in the world he played for would be Newell's. Um he he's a huge Newell's fan. He he's given the club money. He's done everything. He he wants to play at least one season for Newell's. Wants to play in the Clásico Rosarino. He wants his family to be able to go home and see him there. And, and that's it'll be good for him. It'll be good for Argentine football. He didn't say Pumas. He did not say Pumas. Did he say, did he say Pumas was a close second? Yes. Pumas he, was a close. Okay. He, he, he did indeed say that. He said it was very difficult, a lot of sleepless nights, but ultimately it was going to be Newell's. Well, uh, at least at, at least at least we got the uh, consideration we deserved. Now, 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 as we said, they go to they go to Quito, and then uh, the, the, the 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 key fixture in in next Tuesday is going to be the one in Lima, or where I, I would assume it's in Lima. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but Peru hosts Colombia. So that right there is going to decide like three World Cup spots, uh, that game alone. And then Brazil also hosts Chile. So, so Chile is, is by no means guaranteed. Uh, no one at this point is really guaranteed, uh, any, any, any kind of an advancement to the World Cup or even the playoffs. So, I mean, everybody's going to have to win. Uh, so if, if is it Chile, just the Uruguay and, and Brazil that are in right now. Uh, Uruguay's not in either, and they, and they play Bolivia. So, so no, they're they, not I in mean, yet. No, because they're at twenty-eight, and uh, well, you know what? They have a goal differential of, of plus two. But I mean, again, but they're uh, technically not technically not totally in? Okay. technically not in because they're at twenty-eight, and 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 Peru and Argentina are fifth and sixth at twenty-five. Yeah, so it's it it, it, it is going to go down to that uh, to that game, and and I, and according to That's my incredible. my little app here, the the FIFA. That game uh, is going to be on at 6.30. I don't know if that's going to be our 6.30. Well, let's see, change the year time. Maybe that'll um, – well, actually, yeah, it's going to be on at 6.30 again, uh, just like the game today. So 6.30 Central and 7.30 Eastern for for that. Okay, wait, we also brought you on, Kit, so you could uh, uh, give us your insight on the U.S. Uh, they have a, a must a must win against Panama. They're playing in the uh, – you know, you're probably the furthest they could play from, from Panamanian fans, Central Florida. <laughs> In, in in Orlando, uh, where I'm sure it'll be a sellout crowd, I'm sure there'll be plenty of Panamanians there. The Panamanians are obviously and have been extremely comfortable playing the U.S. in the U.S. over the past few years. So, uh, I, I, as far as U.S. fans go, I mean, what is the pucker factor here? I mean, are we are we making diamonds, or 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 or, 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 or fans taking this calmly and with resolve here, or 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 is or, or is, is there panic setting in? Oh, I think they're certainly making diamonds, and they have been for a while. This is, as you said, I mean, it's a must-to-win. The, the U.S. thinks that they should be in the World Cup, but they, they have to beat a good Panamanian team that they've underestimated in the past. And then Panama, with the win, will qualify for the World Cup, regardless of what happens anywhere else, if they win that game they're in. Exactly right. And so for, for Panama, they want to win this match, obviously. The U.S. has to win this match. It should set up to be very entertaining. The U.S. is been underwhelming. They've lost matches that they should win. They should qualify for the World Cup, especially coming out of CONCACAF. And CONCACAF has improved. Panama has improved. Costa Rica has improved. Honduras has improved. But even so, the population, the quality, United States should be in the World Cup. If they're not, if they don't make the World Cup, well, they're going to have to do something that 
well, quite frankly, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board again. They had to do that when they elected to get rid of Cl- when they elected to get rid of Klinsman and bring Arena back, and they're going to have to do it once again if that's the case. Now, did, did the letter that Bruce sent out this week did did, did you was that delivered to your inbox as well? Or it was. was. It, it, it was. It, 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 they were very kind to include me on that. I see, and. Uh, so, so, so as far as uh, I saw uh, Steve Bradley a few weeks ago, I think it was before the Costa Rica match where he was, just, you know, hey, y'all don't worry about this. We're going to qualify. You know, it's, but, but, but this was, be- this was before they had actually lost to Costa Rica. So, I mean, honestly, on a scale of one to 10 right now, where would you put their chances uh, at, uh, to, to, to qualify? Because even if they make it into the playoff, I mean, uh, you know, neither Syria nor Australia are going to be any, an, an easy out at all. No, in fact, I would I would even say that Syria would probably be the more, uh, the 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 tougher of the two, just uh, just because of of of, of the of the travel involved. Uh, you know, I think Australia, even though it's a longer trip, is a little easier to get to. So yeah, it's uh. So as far as that is, is concerned, where, where, where do you put the chances right now on a scale? Of like, like what what percentage are they going to qualify? I would say that it's I, I to be perfectly honest, I would say it's fifty fifty. And I know that's kind of a cop out, but I don't think it's any better than that. They haven't they haven't given me any reason to give them any more chance than that. I'd like to say it's maybe sixty, seventy percent that they'll qualify, but I don't think that's the case. To be perfectly honest, this this American team has not shown up. They haven't won matches, and now the pressure is on. The pressure is on their shoulders. They have to win, and I, I don't know how they're going to respond. But why is that though? I mean, for for the past, oh, I don't know, you know, fifteen at least fifteen years for sure. I mean, the U.S. has always been a, a team that has been characterized by, uh, you know, especially around here in in, in the Gulf region as a team. I mean, even in, in other tournaments where they just, you know, they just, you know, found a way to to to, to get the result that they needed, you know, but you know, literally by any means necessary. They just they just always were where that one team that just, uh, you know, just had a, had a great attitude about it. And it doesn't seem like they seem to have that right now. Well, what has changed for the U.S. not to play with that chip on their shoulder that they used to play with and had so much success with with so many years? John, I think that's a great question. And there are a lot of people trying to, are asking that same question, looking for an answer. Alexi Lawless went off on his rant, if you could call it that, a few weeks ago, calling them a bunch of tattooed, spoiled, overpaid millionaires who don't perform and I think he's right it used to be that they were the underdogs they were always the underdog they were having to fight against Mexico they were having to fight against teams that people thought were better than them and they really took to that underdog role they they relished the underdog role and it suited them very well they're they're not they haven't been the underdog as much recently they've had better teams they've had players they're more well known and to be perfectly honest they haven't had the players that have wanted that underdog role. These guys like they, they like it nice. They like being on top. They don't want to be the, the the team who's known for scrapping. Well, you it, know, once you've stayed at the Ritz Carlton, it's hard to go back to the Hampton Inn. John, you're exactly right, and I think that's a wonderful analogy. And that's kind of it's kind of what it's been for these guys. It, everything has been really good for them. They've been treated well, and all of a sudden, people know who they are, and they stop them on the street and ask for autographs. They don't have that mentality. I'm not saying you have to go back to the Hampton Inn. But you have to have some people on your team that know how to fight and know that when things get tough, you really have to have to dig down deep. And right now, I don't see that for the U.S. team. Well, they've had to they have had to bring in the 
the old guys again. Uh, Demarcus is back. Uh, you know, Dempsey obviously over thirty. Uh, Michael's getting there. Michael Bradley's getting there. It, it doesn't seem like they have the the generational change that uh, that we see other national teams have. It's like they have a bunch of old guys, and then some guys that are pretty decent in their mid twenties, and then they obviously have Pulisic, but they don't seem to have those those early to mid twenties guys that they can lean on as they've had in the past. So how how, how was it? I mean, who, who what players did not, uh, or, or what was the reason for some of these players not 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 to pen out in the way where they can't be uh, depended upon on, on on the national team? Where was the disconnect for for, for the U.S. over the past five six years? Well, I don't think they were given the opportunity, and I think when the when the U.S. elected to get rid of Klinsman, it signaled that it was just about results and it wasn't about development. Bringing Arena back, who has relied on players in their 30s, who has re- relied on players that are past their prime to get it done, and the U.S. had to make a decision. You had to say, are we going to look to the future and are we going to let these young guys play and maybe fall flat on their face in a Copa America or in some big international tournaments? And they said, no, we're not. We're going to go with the team that's proven, the players that are proven, even if they're older, even if they're long in the tooth and past their prime, because they are proven. And I think that's a terrible decision. I would have rather seen the U.S. team with a bunch of youngsters fall flat on their face, lose matches, but get better and have those young players play big international matches where they would learn and progress. But that is not what the U.S. has chosen to do. And instead, they've chosen to rely on a bunch of guys who are 30-plus years old in kind of their swan song and hoping that they're going to have enough left in the tank to get them to the World Cup. And even if they do get to the World Cup, I would be astounded if they didn't if, if they didn't come home after three straight matches. Well, let's talk about that because uh, they will – I mean, something catastrophic would have to happen for them not to make the World Cup, which – so let's hey, pretend John, that doesn't happen. Hey, John, yes. if I may interrupt – one one of the things that Do you have I've something noticed, catastrophic that would happen, wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, okay. But one of the things that I have noticed that I that I have noticed is that, and I always said that one one of the things that the U.S. players, you know, should be thankful, and and they probably didn't even know that they had it was that they had a press that acted like cheerleaders, for the most part. Whereas you go to England, you go to Mexico, you go to Argentina. They eat you alive. Oh, could you imagine what the Argentine I've press noticed, is saying I've right now? That, I've noticed <laughs> that the press, especially in the, within the past, I think for me, I think the press started to wake up after the whole FIFA scandal. Like, oh my God, we, we've been complicit. And it seems like, it, it, for some reason, it seems after the whole FIFA scandal, people just started criticizing just for the sake of criticizing. And I think a lot of the players perhaps didn't know how to respond to actual criticism. Ronnie, I think you're exactly right. And the U.S. players have been, they've been baby and they've been very lucky. If you look at Mexico, you look at Argentina, I mean, I'll, when I get off with you guys, I'll read the papers in Argentina and see what La Nacion and El Grafico are saying. And they are going to eviscerate the national team. Mexico would do the same thing. That is not the case in the U.S. John, you and I have spoken about this previously is I don't know if it's the fact that U.S. press aren't is knowledgeable. They're not huge soccer fans. Most of them, they don't kind of understand. They're still new to the sport and they're giving them a pass, but they are giving them a pass and it is not beneficial. It is detrimental to this national team to give them a pass time in and time out when they play poorly, when they don't get results and to still pat them on the back and say, you tried, you played hard. This isn't a team team. This is a national team. Well, I remember uh, right before the world cup in Brazil, there was an article that had come out. 
and it was uh, you know anonymous sources, and it was it was in one of the bigger papers where they were trashing. You know, it was it was it was a it was a hit piece, and I remember Her- Her- Hercules was so happy with it. He's like, finally, we're getting the bad. You know, he's like he's like you got to get the bad press with the good press because you have to be have to be able to learn how to how to deal with it. And then they ended up actually using that, and, and they ended up going on a pretty decent run after that article had come out. So, but but going to my point, like for example, you know, in the last World Cup, where uh, what's the name Howard had what thirty something saves and. They were making him out to be a god, and they were praising the team and stuff. I'm thinking all to myself is like, like they were able to the 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 the, the, the other team the, had 16 shots on goal. <laughs> exactly, that's nothing to be proud of, you know. So I mean, at times they it's yeah. like they baby them, but then when the criticism starts, it's like the players don't really know how right. to respond and, and and react. I'm I mean I'm to a certain degree I'm speculating, but I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see more and more of that, and especially now with, you know, obviously, you know, high profile, like, you know, Alexi Lalas, I mean, even going after like, you know, Altidore's tattoos and stuff. I mean, that's like reminiscent of Mexican press where they start criticizing just because the way you look or how you dress, you know? Well, I actually thought that that kind of watered down part of his argument. It, it sounded more of a rant than a real criticism. At least that's the way I kind of saw it. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like to your point though, I kind of agree though that, I think the, the, the U.S. team does have it relatively easy. Um, I just didn't think what he said was all that big a deal, though. Oh, you're right. I mean, I mean you're right, but it, it's something that you're not that, – that, you know, for as long as I've been, you know, watching the game, obviously I, I, I don't see, you know, U.S. reporters attack their own team. They've always been cheerleaders to the point where it's like uh, – to the point where, like, I'm a little bit envious. It's like, man, I wish that – I wish that sometimes our press would protect our own players. Because I mean, they they just you know they'll 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 lift them and then next thing you know they'll cut them and mow them down. As they say in Mexico, as in leña de árbol caído. Árbol caído, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get it out. I was trying to spit it out. So okay, so the U.S. now now the the Honduras game has been uh, postponed. It's not going to be played uh, tomorrow. It's going to actually be played on Saturday because there is another uh, tropical storm that, that right now is is, uh, is is lashing Central America. So they will. So Honduras is going to go into that game knowing what they knowing that you know we either have to you know, well they have to win regardless, but it's either win to keep up with the U.S. or it's or it's win to, uh, to put themselves in position to get a result against Mexico and then make it at least to the playoff. So, so Honduras will have, we'll, we'll know what they have to do against Panama. Now, now, as far as uh, what you guys, and I know the kid, you've said that I, I've said it as well. As far as Concacaf uh, getting better, and I think that as a whole, that has been good. But I think that we've seen in, in this particular hex uh, that, that, that the teams haven't necessarily been as strong uh, as we've seen their teams in the past. I mean, I think uh, Costa Rica has been relatively decent. But uh, this is not the strongest Honduras team. Definitely not the strongest U.S. team uh, that 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 we have seen as well. And uh, I, you know, Panama has a. I mean, they have uh, this. Tomorrow has to be the biggest day in Panama sports history. And and and, and if they're able to get the win, uh, they're going to call it a national holiday. I mean, there's no because they would qualify for their first World Cup. It would be massive. Now, if the U.S. does happen, if they do manage to win, they they will be. If they make the World Cup, they're going to be in uh, in in pot three for sure. Because as as we all know, they have changed the uh, the way that they're going to do the groups in the World Cup, which is a massive break for Mexico, uh, more than just about anybody else in, in the tournament. Because now they don't have to worry about 
getting really hosed. But the teams that the team that is going to get hosed, uh, kid, is going to be the U.S. If they do make the tournament, they are going to have to fight through two really strong teams to make it to the next round, and then and, and that's going to prove to be very very difficult for them, I think, because because they, they could have a group of Brazil and Spain. I mean, that 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 could be a group because Spain's in pot two. You're exactly right, and that's. That's the luck of the draw. That's how it works. The U.S., if that is indeed the case, they'll be lucky to be in the World Cup, and they will have to go up against teams of that caliber, and it should be a learning process for them. And they should learn and say, we've got it. We, we have to improve. We need to do better. We need to qualify near the top, and we're not going to have to take on Spain and Brazil. But as a U.S. fan, I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with the U.S. going to the World Cup losing three matches and coming home with their tail between their legs because that's how it works. And hopefully, now, if the hopefully US... that does happen, that hopefully that, that, that'll be the impetus that maybe they actually improve. If the U.S. does not qualify for the World Cup and, the, and, 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 and you're doing the autopsy and you're, and you're trying to figure out cause of death, are they going to look at uh, – is it going to be more of a Klinsman or an arena or, or the Federation? Who, who, who do you as, – as a fan and, and – and someone who has the more of a pulse of, uh, of the U.S. fans in general, who do you think would get the, the bulk of the blame there if, if they don't make the World Cup? I think the casual fan would blame would would blame the coaches. I think the more knowledgeable fans would blame the federation because the federation ultimately makes the decisions, and they were the ones who elected to get rid of Klinsman. They were the one who elected to bring in Arena, and they did it solely to qualify for the World Cup. I understand it, but if you're bringing in someone to get you into the World Cup. That's his one and only job, and you cannot do that? Yeah, that's a problem. The U.S. has to make some real decisions. And, again, I go back to what I said previously. Play the younger guys. If you lose matches, that's fine. But, ultimately, it will be to your benefit. You will improve as a, as a team. You'll improve the, the system. If you continue to rely on a bunch of guys who are 35 years old, you're not going to do any benefit in the future, if you have 17, 18, 19-year-olds out there, you're going to lose matches initially, but you will improve. And I think most U.S. fans that can actually look at things in the long game would take that. I have a question think, for kids. Do you, did you think firing Klinsman was a – sorry to beat you to the punch. <laughs> Hoel, what was your question? Hoel Aceves joins us. Well, I've been, I've been in the show. Um well, my question is, wasn't Klinsman tasked with, with uh, even the other the other youth teams, and and appointing the coaches? He he was, and that was that was part of it that I I personally think he had too much on his plate managing the national team and trying to trying to basically start a youth system. I mean, the U.S. had a youth system. It wasn't ever extremely successful. He was trying to do that. He was trying to build it on a German model. He had a lot to do, and for me, he just had too much to do. Also, yeah. the U.S., as it is, as is in a lot of cases, they grew impatient because it seemed that they weren't going to qualify for the World Cup, so they panicked, and they removed him and put Arena in there. But do you also felt he he looked down on MLS? Yes, very I much think so. He made a big mistake there because the U.S. had achieved a lot just with with their domestic talent. I I, I could not. And, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, and and then to just kind of like look look down on the league and at some points even talk bad about it. it, it I think that hurt that hurt the team and and also 
ultimately his post. I think you're exactly right. I, I think you are 100% correct. <clears throat> Looking down on the MLS, speaking ill of the MLS, not respecting the MLS. If your domestic league isn't strong, it's going to be hard for your national team to be strong. We've seen that in Mexico with the 10-8 rule as it's kind of diluting the, the, the national talent in Mexico. I've seen it in Argentina. That if you're 17 years old and you're a good player, you're in Europe. You're not in Argentina anymore, and that's detrimental to the national team. You need a strong domestic league. Generally, you need a strong domestic league to have a national team. And I look at—I mean, you look at Germany, look at Spain, look at Italy. They all have very good domestic leagues, and they have good national teams. That's not a coincidence. So uh, I guess what you're saying there is that Arena probably would not come back even if they did make the World Cup. Arena's done after this World Cup cycle no matter what. If if he gets them into the World Cup as he's supposed to do, let's say they advance from the group stage and they they play very well, he's still done. They brought him on. He is an interim man. They, they've made that abundantly clear. No, no matter what happens – Bruce Arena will be done after the 2018 World Cup in Russia, no matter how well or how poorly the U.S. plays. They want Tab, Tab Ramos, don't they? I think they do. And I think that's probably a good decision. He understands MLS. He understands the, the youth teams. He has a good view of it. And to me, he would be a good man. I mean, you can make other arguments. I think Oscar Pareja from FC Dallas would be fantastic. He's done an amazing job with the academy there. In my in my estimation, they have the best academy in Major League Soccer. But I, I think they do want Tab Ramos, and that's that's fun. There was a there was a youth match uh, where the U.S. played Mexico, and one of the things that really really surprised me, because no, I mean, for the last twenty years, you know, every time the U.S. plays Mexico, they they tend to play they tend to play uh, more counterattacking. I rarely ever seen them try to. Uh, initiate possession. They always try to capitalize on Mexico's, you know, advancing their lines, and, and because Mexico likes to play with the, you know, possession. But one of the things that really surprised me, and and I think it, and it surprised that that Mexican team, was that his team was actually playing possession oriented soccer, which really threw me off. I mean, they ended up losing the match, but they really complicated Mexico. Uh, Mexico. And Is like, that the one they had? The, they lost an extra time, Ron. I believe I believe it is. It's the one where Mexico won the under uh, what was it the under under twenty championship? I think, if I'm not right. mistaken. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's it was. like, and I'm like, I'm trying. I'm wondering, it's like, you know, if that if that's, you know, because for almost eight years, whatever, I kept you know hearing Klinsman talking about talking about changing the culture of the game in the United States, but I never tech, I never really saw it, but. You know the the last the last coach that I remember tried something new, and and he failed miserably. But at least he tried was uh, was Steve Sampson. You know, that's it. And you're exactly right. You have <laughs> and, to try something new. And I would rather them try something new and fail than continue with this tired old cliche of what they've been doing and being unsuccessful. Yeah, and 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 for, and it's so like if if that's uh, if that's you know. Uh, that sort of style of play that Tab Ramos is going to do, you know what? They may have a pretty bright future, and, and I think they're going to complicate Mexico because Mexico may not even be prepared hey, for it. Hey, Ron, just, yeah. just as you talk about Sanson, he, he was a bit unfortunate because uh, there was some shenanigans. He had some extra cancha stuff happen, right? right. <laughs> 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 a bit, yeah. yeah. So 
that, that kind of sucks for him, you know. But but, but hold on, uh, before I forget uh, to ask you, um, and, and it's not not US related; it's actually River Plate related. When what year did you actually meet the club president? What what what, what uh, River Plate team was it? That, that was that, in two thousand. That was two thousand and five. Oh, okay, two thousand five. Okay. So they weren't in second division. They were no, not in no. second division. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I I can't, I can't make second division jokes right now because. Because my Pumas are in serious, serious problems, so I need, to, I need to, I need to just stay the course and be humble when it, when yeah. it comes to that. So I need Those, to calm down. As a River Plate fan, have you? Uh, I'm sure you know of Thano Pasman, right? Of course. Have you interviewed him? <laughs> I've never interviewed Thano Pasman. I've never had the opportunity. I would, I would be, I would be thrilled. <laughs> okay. Sorry. He is, he, he is royalty in the River Plate world. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> when, when Chivas, when Chivas was uh, was on the verge of of, of uh, relegation, I kept hoping for a Mexican a Mexican version of Tano Pazman, you know, because I'm an Americanista. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was really hoping that you know something similar would play out, you know, like we, we're Mexican. We will probably not get it, man. We don't. <laughs> we're not at that level, man. No, not you. No, not now. But you know, who knows? Maybe Pumas. Maybe I I, I can uh, get my. My LOLs that way. Yeah, I got a question going back to the U.S. On the uh, what Ronnie was saying about the changing the style of play to more uh, less defensive and more possession style. Uh, do you think the U.S. has the talent, the technical ability, and and uh, on the ball skill to to actually implement that and be successful? It seems to me that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. No. Well, it seems to me that they're they've sort of played to their abilities, their strengths, physically, in, in the whole Bruce Arena era with their uh, defensive style of play. I was just wondering what your thoughts on that was. Albert, I think you're exactly right, and that's kind of why they brought Arena back, in my estimation, is because he does play to their strengths, and they realized that to get into the World Cup to qualify, they were, that's what they were going to have to do. They were going to have to play physical, a lot of times in unattractive style. I don't know that the current team has the ability to play that way, but I, I think some of the under-21, under-19, under-17 teams do. They're, they're much more talented. Um, they're, they're much more technical at their young age. And I think if you put Ramos in charge, that will be increasingly the style of play they choose. And if you can get a team that has technical ability, a team that can play on the ball, and you pair that with the athletic ability, the physicality that U.S. players traditionally have, I think that's a great combination. You're going to have big, fast, strong players who actually have a touch and can play quickly. And I would like to see them play that way. I would like to see them play as the aggressor as opposed to sitting back and waiting for those few and far between counterattack opportunities. And when he plays the aggressor, obviously you expose yourself and you can get caught in the counter, but it's more attractive. And I, I would like to see that. I think American fans in general like to see that, but it's, it's a risk. And we, we've all seen that the U S team doesn't like to take risks. The FA doesn't want to take risks. They're playing things very slow and steady. And they're going to have to make a change. And they're going to have to say, you know what? We may lose some matches. We may lose really badly. We may lose some tournaments. We may not qualify. But in the long run, is it worth it? I think so. 
Well, I, I think you know to, to go on to what Beto asked about. You know, does the U.S. have those type of players? I, I think that one of the things that I think they'll have those players. I think they have some players that, that do have those abilities. But one of the things that helps them out, and, and this goes back to MLS, is that MLS has they've attracted some really good talent. You know, from South America, from Europe, that play that have nice touches, and then I think overall, the, the younger American players from MLS catch on to that. Um, it it, it kind of reminds me of uh, of uh, of seventy eight the Brazilian player uh, their Su. It's 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 really famous thing in, in Mexico where he would say that he would he would uh, pass the balls, and his teammates, the Mexican players, would return uh, watermelons. You know, referencing the lack of technical ability, and and it's a term in Mexico. It's like, okay, doy balones, pero me regresan sandías. It's yes. it's it's it's, a, it's actually really funny. Um, and I guess what I'm what I'm going to is that these players, you know, from from South America and and Europe and Mexico that have those type of abilities, eventually the U.S. players will get that because I mean they're going to see these players. Oh my God, look at what he does, and they'll learn and they'll learn. So. Well, I mean, just in, in, in my time with MLS uh, over the past uh, a few months uh, working with Dynamo, uh, you know, there are teams in MLS now that that, that have completely changed. Uh, I mean, they, they have a completely different playing style uh, because of the fact that they have uh, you know, much, much more of a, of a Latin influence or a Central or South American influence on their team. Uh, you know, Dynamo, for, you know, for instance, has, you know, they have three players from Honduras. They have, they have a, a handful of Argentines. Uh, uh, FC Dallas is the same way. They have a, a couple of strong Argentines as well, and uh, I think they have a couple of Paraguayans. And uh, and you know, and the coaches obviously are are, are both uh, are both from South America. So it is it, it is something that I think that we're starting to see it rub off. We're definitely starting to see it rub off in, in the FC Dallas youth uh, youth team yeah, because they are sure. they are outstanding. And I and I, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch them, kid, but I did uh, get to work the uh, the. The, actually, I produced the Dallas Cup uh, final between FC Dallas and uh, and um, and Monterrey, and FC Dallas was. I mean, they. It took it took Monterrey a while to to be able to assert possession, and when they did, they didn't have it for very long. FC Dallas uh, pretty much dominated the game as far as, as far as keeping the ball and and and, and making the chances. So it was it was, they're an impressive bunch. I think the takeaway is that. Wherever you play, you're going to pick up that style. And as the Latin style, more Latin influences come to Major League Soccer, the players here have had to adapt that, and that's a great thing. If you play in England, you're going to have to adapt to that style, Germany, Spain, whatever the case may be. And as Major League Soccer becomes more international, you have a better quality of international player. The players here that are coming up through the academies and through the league, they're going to get better out of necessity. And that's great for the league. It's great for the national team. And it's only going to continue. I mean, you have to realize Major League Soccer is only 22 years old. Where is it going to be in 32 years? I mean, how is it going to be among the top leagues in the world? As soccer continues to grow in this country, it becomes a more high-profile league and players can make more money. You already see players that want to come here. They want to live here. They want their families to be here. It's just going to continue to get better. But speaking of growth of soccer in the U.S., What's your take on on this whole promotion relegation push from certain sectors? I think it's – I personally am a huge fan of promotion and relegation because I think it adds a lot of intrigue and it adds 
a lot to it, but it will never happen in the United States because the owners of these teams will not let it happen. Owners of sports teams in the U.S. see them as an investment, and no team is going to buy a club as an investment, as a business decision, when there's a chance that his team could drop, his team could be relegated, and he could lose millions of dollars. No one is going to do that. It's just it, it's it's and it's anathema to how U.S. sports works and how U.S. sports owners look at their teams as business investments. Would it be good for the game? Yes. Would it be good for the fans? Yes. Will it happen? I really doubt it. I'm, honestly, I don't think that it would actually benefit the game for one reason only. And this is one of the things that I've always wondered why. You know, there's no reason, like, you know, the MLS doesn't have promotion relegation. So sometimes what happens, you know, with, with relegation is that the teams that are suffering, they, they, tend to, they tend to close up in bunker and stuff like that. So I, I never really understood the mentality of, 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 of MLS teams wanting to play defensively knowing that there was no consequences, meaning there wasn't, they weren't in the threat of, 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 of landing relegation. So I, I, I just think that promotion relegation is not a one-size-fits-all. And, you know, because of the history in, in Europe and in South America and stuff like that, where these, I mean, these are real clubs. I mean, we use the term club loosely here in the United States. You know, in, 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 in countries where it's clubs, they're, these guys are, 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 are members of of, right. the, of the club, so I mean, and they it's don't also care. hundreds of clubs uh, uh, across the country. Yes, hundreds of clubs. So whether you're in the first division, second division, you're you're a member for life. You're exactly right, and I mean, I'm a socio of river. I, I pay my dues. I vote in elections. I have since 2005. Even though yeah. I don't live there, I'm still a socio. Yeah. Um, I, I take it seriously. I mean, River has well over a hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand socios, I believe, at this point. And because it is a club, as you so correctly said, it's different. Here where it's one sports team, relegation may not be the way because it is simply that one soccer team. And again, to the business side of it, owners aren't going to want to get involved if there's a chance that their 100 200 $300 million investment can lose a third or half of its value. Do you think, do you think the Malmus should go the, 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 the Green Bay Packer route? I think that would be fantastic. Um, it, it, not not with a group of owners that are in MLS now. No, I mean, no, just, absolutely <laughs> not. It, it gives the fans ownership, and that's that's one that's one great thing about it. Although, I, isn't Seattle? No, isn't Seattle kind of like that, or is it just a club that they have where that's like that it's, it, it's, it's a club. Corner. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not like the the thing like with the the, the Packers, you know. But but no. But is it, but is it part ownership? Is it a percentage of ownership? No. They don't. They, they don't own anything. They're just okay. a club. It, 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 the Packers are the exception, and it's great for what they are. But you're in a very small town with a with a major league franchise. I see that as the exception and not the rule. If that could, if that was more common, I think it would be good. But I just, I don't foresee it happening. I mean, and also, I mean, the Packers are one of the one of the originals. So exactly. You know, it would, it would make sense that it would be them. You know, back when the NFL, I mean, all it was was a handful of of, of teams in the Midwest. So, but uh, I, just, just the way MLS is now, as Kit says, with 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 the uh, with the ownership groups that they have and the ownership groups that they're pursuing. You know, you know these guys, on top of managing a team, they have to they have to pay upwards of you know whatever the franchise fee. Just 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 to get in, it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So why on earth would they? 
but they pony up that kind of cash. Oh, and by the way, if you lose next season, you're playing with these schleps down here. You know? Exactly. You know, my, <laughs> my, 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 my pipe dream is my pipe dream, although I know it's not going to happen, is for MLS, basically for the U.S., Canada, Mexico to have a Super League and and basically kind of like start challenging Europe and, 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 and the stronghold that they have over, you know, world football affairs. And talent. Yes. I mean, because, I mean, honestly, I think I don't think at, at the world stage, at the national team level, I don't see the Americas uh, changing the shift right now when Europe, they, they're able to keep their players, their, their teams are able to, you know, their national teams have more time with their players. They, they obviously play the European qualifiers, they play the World Cup qualifiers. And basically... That's a good point, Ronnie. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, for me, that's that's my pipe dream, you know? You know, it's funny you mention that, Ronnie, because we were talking about that 1982 Brazil team earlier. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they only had two, three, maybe four players at that time that were, and it was, and it was, it was unheard of. I mean, it just, it, well, it wasn't unheard of, but it just, it wasn't nearly as common. And the rest of, the rest of them played in Brazil. I mean, Zico, who was, you know, you know, at that time, the best player in the world, he played for Flamengo. Yeah. And then, and that, that was a lot more common. So, I mean, I couldn't tell you who, uh, you know, plays a Flamengo now. I have no idea. It was just a much more prestigious team back then. But but I do I do I do like the way you're going with that, Ronnie. That would be interesting because then you could bring in the, you know, we, we would have to have a another reason to go to Vancouver, which I I am 100% firmly in favor. That was the worst part about Canada not making the hex was that you know, trip that trip to Vancouver. It was very know, unfortunate. Prior to MLS. There, there were Mexican owners, you know, investors that actually wanted to take. They wanted to have a, a Liga MX team in San Francisco, and they wanted to have one in uh, I forget the other city, but it's like they wanted the San Francisco Blackhawks, if I'm mistaken. I think that was the name. And they wanted uh, oh the LA. LA. They wanted one in LA, in, in Los Angeles, but uh, at the time FIFA and Concacaf have said, "Nah, we're, we're starting our own league." It's like. Ugh. Well, I asked uh, one of uh, a guy that I met who actually works for Cholos if, if Cholos would ever consider playing one game as one game a season in, in San Diego, and he's like, "No way, there's no way we could do that." And I just, I think that's just a fortune. I think that'd be a great. Uh, that would be. What would you do, Dan, if, uh, if 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 Cholos did that every year, and the game that the, that they get to play in San Diego is is, is Cholos Santos? Over at the Murph. That 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 would be pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, It'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that they don't, you know, kind of like the the NFL does with their London games. Yes. In fact, I would I would not surprise me at all, honestly, in the next few years, is to see the EPL kind of reciprocate and and start playing a game stateside, one or two games a year stateside. I'm wondering why Liga MX doesn't do it. And I also saw I, I, that I, I, I know we've played, you know, official final, and and if they're doing a one game final, that means they're going to play it in places, and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all if, if one of those places becomes New York or Miami or Los Angeles. I mean, they've played official matches, cut matches, and, and you know stuff like that in yeah. Interliga, which are all official. But you know, I, for I don't think I'd have to check. I'd have to check this in the Citadel, but. Uh, I don't think Mexico's ever played a, a league match outside of Mexico. Outside of yeah, in the U.S., I don't. I don't think. I, I don't believe so. I'd have to check on that. You have a homework assignment. 
Yes, I do. You know, I, I do. I do believe, though, and I don't know if you if, if you agree, kid, or not. That I, I think that that, that MLS and, and Liga Mekis are, are joined at the hip, and, and their future is with each other. I think that, that 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 the only ways that either of them get better is if they realize that they have a huge opportunity with 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 them with both leagues to play. I think together. that's the and, only and, way they have a shot. Yeah. And 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 more to Ron's point, as far as. You know, doing some sort of super league across across North America. I mean, that that would certainly be a step in that direction. But I do believe that they that that sooner or later they're going to have to start competing uh, more and more against each other in in not preseason tournaments, but proper in season cup tournaments. I think you're right. I think it'd be a terrible decision though if they ever decided to have uh, the champions in in the states. For for European soccer, I think that'd be a terrible decision. I think it'd be it'd make them great money in the short term, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of like that sleeping giant. You don't want to wake it up. True. Well, you mean the the uh, the U.S. money giant? Yeah. Well, they make plenty of money over there. I don't think they have to worry about so much. So, Kit, what do you think? You think uh, uh, an MLS they got Mackey's competition? Uh, it would be a good way or a bad way to, uh, to to help both leagues. I think it'd be fantastic. I think initially it'd be more beneficial for MLS. I think in the long term it would benefit both of them equally. But if nothing else, have I mean, I guess you in a sense you have it. You have Concacaf Champions League to some degree, but I would like to see more between. Mexico and the U.S. and their domestic leagues, it would be it would be great. They they are as you said tied at the hip, but I don't know that the FAs and I don't know if the ownership groups if that's something that they're interested in. It certainly hasn't appeared to me that they are at least at this point. I think I think the fact that uh, Liga Mekis is basically turning the shoulder to towards you know Comebol and Copa Libertadores, which I think is a mistake, but. I, I think they're, they're they're looking more towards the future with you know, MLS and Concacaf, because um, I mean I've always I've I've always believed that one of the reasons why Mexico has hasn't been a at least a finalist or a semifinalist in, in the World Cup is because historically they didn't have competition and, and if you notice you know Brazil, you know Brazil Uruguay, uh, Argentina World Cup winners, the fierce rivalry competition between them and then obviously. Germany, you know, England, Italy, you know, the competition with them. And Mexico never had that. So, you know, to John's point is that, you know, the the, the future for the U.S. and Mexico, it's it, they're at the hip. It's You're exciting. exactly right. I was I, I, I was disappointed that Liga Mekis decided they didn't want to continue with the Copa Libertadores. I understand it. I understand the logistics, the travel, everything else. But – you get better playing better competition and they don't have a lot of con- competition, at least right now in CONCACAF. If they decided to play MLS teams, it would be beneficial to MLS because they would have to raise their level. But for Mexico, if you're trying to play the best teams possible, well, the best teams in the Americas are generally in Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, Chile, a few other places. That was an opportunity for them to show on an international stage, how good their domestic league was, and they were making real headway. Yeah. I mean, I personally, and, and for guys like me and, and John and Hoyle, who actually know, like the, the younger Mexican fans, they don't really care about the Copa Libertadores. And it's, and it's a shame because we can remember 
when Coleman Bowl in South America wanted nothing to do with us. Right. They said, we'll let you win the tournament, but you have to, you have to win the playoff with the Venezuelan teams. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I used to go back in my alma mater when I was an undergrad at the University of Houston. I used to catch the Copa Sears pre, pre-Libertadores where, you know, the teams would duke it out amongst themselves. And, and, and then and then they would have to play uh, the Colombian champion and, and runner up. Was so, that over in uh, over at Robertson? Uh, yeah, it was at Robertson Stadium. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, the Copa Libertadores is arguably the oldest, most prestigious tournament in the entire world. Certainly, and, much more so than, than anything in Europe. You look at the quality of players that have come from it, people that have played in it at a young age. It is it is the future. If you want to see the future players that are going to be playing in Europe for Barcelona, for Bayern Munich, for Real Madrid, whoever you want, that's the tournament you watch because those guys a year or two down the road are the ones who are going to be doing that, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah, and I always tell people, I always tell you know friends or, or people that aren't into soccer to watch that because it's the equivalent of of, of, of March Madness. It's like you know in college. Those are the stars. Those, I mean, that's what you're going to be seeing in the future. That, that's the tournament that convinced Man U to get Cheech. True. I, I think had he not well, played well, there, I don't think but, they would have gone after him. Not Cheech. That that when we're going back to Cuauhtémoc, we're going back to Palencia, we're going back to to you know a lot of the Mexican players when they started to go in. No, no. I mean, but he's probably like the last one. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're right. Three, there hasn't been. And and I mean, think about it. How much more would a Chucky would have been valued had he. Had he gone into like Brazil, Argentina, some of these other venues? You know, it just it makes me so sad for Paleta Esqueda to you know get the hat trick <laughs> in the Maracana. Uh, he wasn't able to monetize it to a to, to a big contract. Guys, I've been so. lucky. I've seen some amazing games, but the craziest game I've ever seen was Chivas at Boca in the Libertadores when Bofo was spat on oh, in a in a two thousand five face. I was at that match. That that's been you know our joke has been uh that that the bombonera it it rustles you but he he rustled their jimmies that that day man I don't I think was, I, I was ever very seen very happy he did trust me <laughs> I never seen that stadium losing like that I, I, Where, the only t- the only time in, in my lifetime that I was very jealous as an American <laughs> said. Be, and, and it's funny but actually you know what because. I mean, Cruz Azul in 2001, they went to the Bombonera and they won and they took the game to penalties. So, and, I, and I've always said this, and I, and, and I do admire the Mexican teams for that, that they don't, they can play as a visitor and still keep and still play their style of football. Because, I mean, they've gone, they went to the Monumental, like America beat, you know, River Plate one nothing in Monumental back in, in, in the 2002 Libertadores, you know. So I've always, I've always, as a fan, I'm always like appreciative that our, that our teams have always gone to South Americans. Like that, they've gone to the Bombonera, they've gone to Monumental, they've gone to the Nacional, they've gone to like, you know, in Chile and Colo Colos, and then and they played in this rough environment. Well, I remember when when America had a Liguilla game and they had a game at Morumbi that if they won or that they would they would advance, and they sent the reserves to Morumbi, and and they sent the A team to uh, to play the Liguilla match. It was, a, it, was a, it was a killer. It was a killer. You know, I, I've always wondered. I've always wondered if it wasn't if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the 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 World Cup break in two thousand two, I wonder if America would have won the Copa Libertadores because America was red hot. And then they had that month long you know wait, 
and then they they played up you know they played Sao Caetano and they and they lost in the uh, in the uh, in the semifinals. That's uh, yeah. The last uh, team to play in the Libertadores that had uh, they they lost in the in, in, in the quarters to uh, the Ecuadorian team uh, whose name in the Independiente del Valle I think it was was Pumas, and then that was frankly my last uh, my last happy memory of, of of anything Pumas has done over the past few years. Now uh, River they're still in it. Is, is that correct? Because then they have like a, like an eight zero game recently, uh, Kit. Yes, they uh, amazingly they lost the first leg against um, Bolivian club Jorge Wilstermann, named after a dead aviator. Three nil in Cochabamba. They came back to beat Wilstermann eight to nothing in Monumental, and so they are they have now moved on and they will take on Lanús um, from Argentina in the semifinals, which is just just a derby. I mean, Lanús is in Buenos Aires, isn't it? It is. It's in the, it's, in, it's in the southern part. Lanús's big rivals, Banfield, a Derby de Sur. But Lanús has a good team. El Granate are always good. River will host the first leg. Uh, the second will be at, um, at Lanús. And then the winner of that match will take on the winner of Barcelona of Ecuador and Gremio from Brazil. Which, oh, so which, they're, they're in the semifinals then? They are. Wow. Which, uh, which, which stadiums uh, have you been to over there in Argentina? Um, I've been to La, Bo- La Bostonera. Let me pronounce it correctly. Uh, <laughs> I've been to many games at El Monumental. I've been to Avellaneda to both Racing and Independiente. I've been to Vela Stadium. I've been to Lanús Stadium. And I've been, strangely enough, to San Telmo Stadium in, uh, in the third division. Those are, the, those are all the stadiums I've been to in Argentina. Well, how many, how many of those are in Buenos Aires? Just about all of them. <laughs> Every single one of them. Out of, well, I mean, that makes it so easy. There are now yeah. there there are more there are more teams, first division teams in Buenos Aires than any other city in any country in the entire world. Out of the thirty clubs now in the Superliga, nineteen are in Buenos Aires. That's crazy. So Mont, you could Mont, technically go to Montevideo. Montevideo had also, I think, like 15, 16, 17 also as well. So I, I know that Buenos Aires and Montevideo, I, I know that they had the honor of having like the most first division, you know, clubs, you know, in the uh, in the world. So I'm not I'm not sure right now in in uh, in, in Montevideo. I haven't I haven't watched a game in a long, actually in a couple of years now. That that's been our, that's been John and I's criticism of Mexico that Mexico City even Guadalajara should have more teams than they currently do. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, Guadalajara had at least five, and and Mexico City had at least six. But blame the the rise of the North. Well, no, the North had their teams. <laughs> the, 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 the North had their teams. But if you, if you go, if you do a Google, you know, you know, maps, and you look at the satellite imagery of Mexico City, you uh-huh. don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of fields, dude. Now you go over Argentina or, or you know Buenos Aires, and you go over Montevideo. It's just like it, it seems like little every every little enclave, you know, little neighborhood. Well, has I see you, you're you're making the mistake there, Ron, because you, you think that the fields in Mexico would would, would have grass. And <laughs> no, they're llaneros. <laughs> they're dirt. <laughs> dirt llaneros. I'm, I'm being serious. It's, it's, I know. It's a I, dirt know I know. I know. I know. Yeah. So I'm not. You know, it's just uh, it's just it's just the reality of. Uh, Wait, Dan. Just to just to go off of Dan, it wasn't so much the rise of the north. A lot of it had to do with. With just fans not embracing some of the smaller clubs, 
or even getting into the rivalries. I mean, they had to make up stupid names like Clásico Joven and. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, they lost. They and, and, lost two teams, you know, Atlante and and Necaxa uh, both. Well, yeah, yeah, both but, but the, league, the league started. I think. To do I think maybe. Franchise. Do you think that maybe has to do with the, the teams not being super local products. Well, I think it's because they don't really have. I mean, they have a local identity, but you know, Necaxa didn't play in Necaxa State. They played at the Estadio Azteca. Same, actually, Atlante did as well. Now, Atlante so did have their own stadium, but it was like a. It was a. It was awful. I think that hurts. I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, if the team's around your corner from where you grew up, then why would you root for the team that's 10 miles away? In fact, I think, didn't Atlante, Ron, at one point play at the Azul? It was called the Azul Grana at one point? Yes, yeah. yes, it was. Yeah. Ciudad de los Deportes as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right, okay. Yeah, but, but when I, I mean, and, and then when I was a kid, Guadalajara had, they had Atlas, obviously, Guadalajara, but they had the UDG, they had the UADG, they had Jalisco, and I, I might be, barely remember... And I barely might remember Oro playing playing there too. So uh, I mean, they, they, and, and Mexico City had uh, you know Pumas, America, Cruz Azul. Uh, back then it was Atlético Español. They had Atlante. They had uh, 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 the name I, I forget the name, but but they had they had they had plenty too. So anyway, so, hard, so, hard, can, to that, hard to imagine that Querétaro at one point had three teams in the, in the first division. Yes, that's a cool little town, Querétaro. <laughs> I, I like I like that town. Yeah, it's very it's it's very well located too, which is why I think it's 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 somehow managing them to to stay in the league. You know, every time they 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 know this happened in Argentina, kid in Mexico when a team descends, they they, they get sold, and then and then the team that that uh, that gets promoted gets bought by the team that just descended. So they don't really descend; they just stay. You know, hey, hey and then they change the logo by like maybe one line just a little bit thicker. Does that happen in Argentina because there are the, the fans own the teams? So there would be riots in the streets. There, there were when 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 River when River was relegated. There were riots for days, but because the fans are the actual owners, it's one of the few leagues in the world where the that is still the case. I mean, River and Boca, everyone are owned by the fans. They're not owned by companies or individuals. So the fans still still retain the power if they're relegated. Yeah, Mexico's not like that anymore. Uh, I think the last team. Well, no, Atlas was the last team yeah. to uh, to change their their ownership status legally, and Chivas did it with Vergara when Vergara paid them with IOUs, paid them with their own <laughs> money too. He's a real shady guy. That that's insane <laughs> when when you think about it, like just how Chivas got bought. It's it's, it's insane to see how. And and not like all the socials pretty much wanted to get rid of the kid. Could you imagine that selling your stake in the club? He didn't even have peanuts for peanuts on the dollar. He didn't even have the money, and he admitted that. And I and I, and I kept telling you, you paid with Televisa. Yeah, I did. I did at the time. I admitted. You thought I was hating. You thought I was just hating, but it it was like the equivalent of of me owning a taqueria, and you say, "Hey, I'm gonna buy it from you." And then you take over, and then with the money that the Takeri is making, you pay me. You know? and it's hey, like, I, I, I signed a contract to sell Coca-Cola, and that's how I pay you. Because you did it from the Televisa TV money. <laughs> his he whole was, campaign was, his whole campaign was like, we're, we're, gay, we're not going to be with Televisa. And then like a month later, 
<laughs> extension with Televisa. Keep in mind, this is a guy that has gone to to, to court, that has lost three courts uh, 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 hearings in Mexico. And the judges have both have all said that he is not, or that you know that uh, that the previous ownership group were still the legal owners. You you know I I think seeing I think that's what happened with Chivas like just hearing about Kate and how he he was able to be a socio because I I wasn't sure about that you know but but would it you be like, a socio Cohen would you be a socio Chivas given the chance like a proper one because they have they have a socio Chivas but it's more of like a Mickey Mouse Club type of thing. So you'd be a proper. You know, you, you, you send some money and Don't make me bring up my back cop, Cohen. All right, all right. Well, before we go, I know the kid has to go, so I just wanted to say uh, thanks to Kid for, for hopping on and joining us. Uh, last question, Kid, before you go. U.S. World Cup, yes or no? Yes. All right. All right. Kit says yeah. yes. Well, Kit, Kit McConaughey joins us. Thank you so much for joining us, Kit. We really do appreciate it, and I would love to have you back on. Uh, very soon. It was an honor. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it, and I hope I can join you again. Thanks very much, Kit. That was uh, Kit McConico joining us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, Kit is a radio personality here in Austin. He hosts uh, the only hour-long show uh, uh, dedicated to soccer on Austin Radio Market, uh, the Throw-In, which you can tune in. Actually, I will be on that show uh, this uh, Sunday. At uh, nine a.m. Central, if y'all want to listen, that was to that, you can that was going to be my next. That was going to be my first question. Yeah, it's on one hundred four nine the Horn, uh, and there's an app. It's if you go like one hundred four nine the Horn and in, 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 in the Google. Have you in, been on it before? The, I have. I was. I've been on a few times. Uh, the last uh, one of the times I was on was when Mexico had beaten uh, the U.S. in Columbus. I came on, and I was I was gracious. You know, I didn't. I, you know, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, you know, we kept things polite. But it was a lot of fun, and no, I've been on a few times. It's a, he, he does a great job. He's a, he was actually also my uh, when, when we did high school football last year. He was my he was my play by play guy. So uh, so Kit and I have a we have a good working relationship. He's a good guy. I, I'm really really happy and appreciative. I love high school football. No, we had a great time. I wish I wish I wish I was still doing it. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It was uh, it was one of the coolest uh, things I've ever gotten to do is is to produce those those games because I was really really thankful. Or, or just happy for the for the kids that that they to get to see themselves, you know, do that on TV, you know, whether they won or lost. And it's funny because uh, when I when we schedule games, it's really hard to schedule high school around here, particularly because you know, they have like the football factory schools that are just these just monsters. And but so they're they're gonna we have them too. The, they're just gonna mop the floor with teams, you know, beat them sixty five to nothing. I didn't want to I didn't want to do that to the losing team. So I liked uh, I like scheduling. The teams that weren't necessarily as good. now, if there was like a really good matchup, you try to get that for sure. But if, if there was like the teams that weren't necessarily good, so it was even, and uh, you know where, where you're going to the fourth quarter and you have a really competitive game, I really liked. And then the best game we had last year were two of the, like the worst teams I've ever seen in my life, but they were really thankful that they were on TV and and and, and their fans and the parents were all super appreciative. And it ended up being a great uh, a great game with a, with like a last second finish. It was it was it was great. It was it was, it was great TV. So uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, last season doing that. So I do appreciate Kit McConaughey coming on and Kit, you know, he was uh, dropping truth bombs about the U S which I thought was very interesting. Uh, you know, as, as someone who, you know, as, as Ron pointed out, I think we've all pointed out, I think we all see it, you know, that the U S uh, media for, for years have been, have been nothing more than, you know, rah, rah. Oh, they lost, but they were so heroic. And did you see how well they, 
how well they lost, you know, it just went on and on and on. And, uh, you know, as, as, as Ron pointed out, but there's definitely been, uh, a, 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 not necessarily a paradigm change, but, but, but the tone has definitely changed toward the U S and right. So, I mean, they haven't been playing very well. And, uh, you know, that, that, that has been reflected in how things are being reported. I mean, I remember one time I can, and I want to say it may have been Grant Walkhammer, but he was talking about, uh, they played Spain in a friendly. It was before the Gold Cup, and they got there just they just got whipped. It was up in Boston, like four nothing. And I remember in the column, uh, and I don't want to quote, it, but I mean, it, it was essentially saying, you know, they probably should have scheduled this game. It's like, come on, man. You know, it, it's okay to lose to Spain four zero. I mean, they were the, they were the world champions at the time when we're at the absolute peak of their power. I mean, you know, Italy lost to Spain four zero. There's no shame in it. You know, just accept. You know, just and it just, it just seemed. It, it was it was, it, just, it just seemed like 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 they didn't want to to, to truly tell you what had happened in the game. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure why that was, but it seems like that has changed quite a bit. I'm still not so sure, but we'll see. I mean, for their sake, I think it, it, it'll it'll do them it'll do them some good to hear uh, honest criticism about their team. I, I appreciated his candor, and I, I agree with him mostly. I, I, I think he thinks, obviously, he's thinking long-term, and if you expect to win anything, I, I don't think you're going to do it by bunkering. Ron, you said uh, uh, Tab uh, Tabare is, is going to be the guy? I think so. It'd be, it'd be a great choice for him. I mean, it really would. Well, uh, I, th- I think so. I mean, I, I like the way he, he sets up his teams. Well, his his uh, his background. He's for his parents are Uruguayan, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that correct? Uh, yes. And he was one of those guys that grew up with Harks and Miola in that same time with a Kearney in, in just south of New York. I, 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 I think he's part of that crew. So, and then he got frankly like 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 the worst end of a, just a terrible. Uh, Unfortunate elbow. I don't know if y'all remember that in the in the nineteen ninety four World Cup against Brazil when Leonardo he was he was pulling on Leonardo and Leonardo was trying to get him off and he was like just got really frustrated, just threw his elbows and just caught tab. Was it Leonardo? Was it Leonardo or was it Benito? Yeah, it was it was Leonardo. Oh, okay. and, he, and he caught him right on the on the on the cheekbone and, and, and Tab was he got knocked out. He was out. He was I'm sure he was concussed. I mean it was a it was it was incredible it was an it was accidentally incredibly vicious. But the guy did throw an elbow, I mean, he sh- and I think he only got a yellow card for it. He should have been red carded, and uh, yeah, and it was just it was just really unfortunate. But 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 Tab, uh, he you know you talk about driving Mexico crazy. I remember in the Copa America, man, he uh, just and, and they had a, a game against the U.S. And remember when the U.S. had that thing, the U.S. Cup? Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yes, I do. Like a like a four team tournament, and they played Mexico. I think it was in 1995 at. Uh, at RFK Stadium, and beat them four zero, and then they beat them in the Copa America uh, uh, quarter quarterfinals uh, down in uh, in Uruguay, and, and and I mean that 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 was the beginning. It, you know, Tab Ramos is, is probably as responsible for the for the U.S.'s uh, I guess leveling out the playing field, and 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 for a good a good chunk of time, you know, getting getting good results out of Mexico for what ten years or so. I mean, and he he definitely laid the groundwork for that. So, yeah, for the longest time, I was always against Mexico playing the U.S. 
in those Mickey Mouse type of tournaments, you know. You know, I just saw right now, Ron. Uh, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was trying to get a message uh, on Twitter, and I just saw that uh, that it's it's looking very possible that the U.S. and Mexico are going to play in either January or February next year, a friendly. And to me, it's like, what are you doing? I said, you don't, you don't need to do that. No. I mean, why are you opposed to it? Because, because, because of the negative press that, that, that that comes with it. Right. There's no, there's no need to, why why are we going to like, you know, okay. So whoever the coach is, be it Osorio, be it Hugo Sanchez, you lose that. The press are going to want to just eat you alive for for what? For a meaningless match? Right. It's just, it's it's just not worth the the, the baggage. It's not worth the baggage. And and it's not just that, but I mean, it's like it's like it's like it's the like, undue it's, pressure over. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's just why bother? So yeah, but look, but it looks like it's probably going to happen. Now you know if if the U.S. Uh, you know if they don't somehow don't make the World Cup, then they'll obviously be available at that point. You know, I'm sure that they will be uh, they will be a, a, a welcome team to to, to play uh, to play friendlies uh, in Europe as, as teams are as teams are tuning up for the World Cup. But uh, well, let me ask y'all: Yes or no? U.S. make the World Cup? Yes. Ron, I, I think so. I think the U.S. will make it. Joel. Yes, I, I see them qualifying. I do too. Actually, uh, wait, actually, actually, let me let me let me change mine. I, I'm I'm going to say they're going to get in the repechaje. Yeah. So I'll I'll put them there. I, 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 meaning it's not a guarantee that that they that they get there. Repechaje, you're still on the road to qualifying. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but still, that's not a given. Oh. I mean, that's a long ass trip. I mean, either one of those is going to be brutal. And uh, nor easy. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Mexico playing New Zealand. I mean, Mexico, I mean, Piojo had it so easy, he could have used, I mean, he used his America. I mean, where, where are those guys now? I mean, none of them. You know, and and, and, and they handled, they scored, what, nine goals against against New Zealand? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think uh, Bruce Arena would be able to roll out a Kansas City and... and... Well, not only, they'll think of New Zealand, so so they get through, right? And then they're, they're going to play the, the, the fifth-place South American team in, in their playoff. And they're thinking, well, you know, maybe I might get a a Peru or an Ecuador, you know, a team that I'm not, nope, I'm not it, saying that they're going to beat them, but at least they have a, a fighter's <laughs> chance, right? They're going to get stuck with Argentina or Chile or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How brutal is, is that, that a rotating thing? Yeah, they, 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 it's, is, does Oceania rotate? It's part of the draw. Okay. Yeah, because it just seems like if someone uh, someone differently plays them. Yeah, it's either it's either, it's either uh, South America. Uh, although it, what it should be, honestly, it, it, they they should play the Asia team, and then South America should play Concacaf. I mean, that's just it makes the most sense. But 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 to make it wasn't that like that one time? Uh, yeah. Didn't Argentina get in uh, by beating uh, Costa Rica once? No, that was Uruguay. But Argentina did go to the repechaje. Oh, I'm sorry. In, uh, in, yeah, sorry. in 1994, because that was the famous. Uh, a qualifier where Colombia hung a hung a fiver on them at the Monumental and beat them five to one, and that, you, and that, that's that's why everybody thought that Colombia were going to be the major favorites going into the you, USA. Have yes, you right. have you seen the? You can catch it on YouTube. 
but uh, the keeper for Argentina, Goicochea, mm-hmm. there's a famous interview where he's just getting he's getting his ass handed to him by the by the press. Like it's like an, almost like an round table type of. Uh, I've seen it, Ron. <laughs> it's just it's like... almost comes into fisty cups. <laughs> so Vilargo, Vilargo stands up for him, right? I I think yeah yeah it's, it is it is it was it got intense dude it's like ten minute seg you know seg- segment and they just you know I mean it's like okay dude okay he lost five nothing but it's like they were really really going hard on uh, on Goku yeah yeah five nothing after the Colombia game yeah and then and then they ended up playing Argentina I'm not Argentina Australia in the repechaje and they only won that in both legs it was one zero so they only got they scored one goal and then they hung on zero zero in the in, in the other match and then they ended up qualifying and frankly had Maradona not uh you know I've always thought that that whole episode with the uh ephedrine and then that World Cup was fishy I think that for whatever I just think FIFA wanted him out I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure why. But Argentina were just killing. Them. I mean, they they were to have been a. They were playing so loose and and I mean, they're, they're, who they play? They played Greece. Yeah. And they just like in the first five minutes were up three zero. I mean, just just mowed them down like like they weren't even there. Was it Nigeria? Did they play Nigeria? And then they 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 they, they went Nigeria? down to Nigeria. No, they they went down to Nigeria and they beat them two to one. And then they and then Diego got and then they lost to Bulgaria and then they went to uh, the Rose Bowl and, and lost to. Romania, Romania, which ended up being the, the the best the best game of the tournament, the Romania Argentina game, which is outstanding. Um, but uh, yeah, but I mean, had Diego stayed on that team, I think Argentina would have been a a very strong candidate to take that trophy. There's there's no there's no doubt in my mind. They they because Brazil, who ended up winning it, I mean, they looked okay. Argentina was dominant. I mean, they were outstanding. I mean, they they they, they, they didn't look like anyone was going to be able to stop them. They were, and on top of it all, they were playing really fun, uh, a, a really cool brand, and then they, you know. Yeah, they had a, yes. I mean, this is really the in long time that the Grondonas don't really control the AFA in Argentina. Right. How much do you think uh, what's going on with Argentina right now is it, is the fact that you know is do they have their house in order? Does the like the federation have their house in order? But but I mean, would, would that be rolled down? I mean, you know, I know that we were talking about Carlos Tevez, but I mean, Argentina is one is is one of what two or three countries in the world that could absorb a loss. I mean, imagine if Mexico lost a player of the caliber of 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 Carlos Tevez to the national team. I mean, how devastating would that be to Mexico? I mean, it would. I mean, it, he would be far and away clearly their their best player, and then oh, they would. But- but, but, hang on, hang on a second. but in Argentina that happens, but they have so many other good ones that it could just it could just be absorbed like like it like it wasn't even that big a deal. <laughs> the question was directed at me, John. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Joel. I thought <laughs> I thought it was a, a question that was thrown to the panel. Yeah, no, he said Joel. I got cut off Joel, twenty minutes Joel, ago. Joel, I was going on my important Chua rant, and I got cut off, and then the. Joel, if, 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 if I will let you, I will let you speak, but I do have a. I apologize unreservedly. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact and was in no way fair comment and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family. 
and I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Please, please accept my apology, Hoy. No, um, no. With with I think with Ron is is talking about like, and I think we came close to seeing something similar in Mexico. With what if Televisa lost his grip? Who's to say the new people coming in would would have things in order? So Rigondona was just for years after he passed away. Um, it's just been like a power struggle to see who you know who he's going to coach. Yeah, you know, and, and the, just the logistics and, things, things that well, and, and, and the reason I say things that those things matter, although people say, oh, they got the best players, but you can have the best players, but if if if, if you know the administrative part is is lacking, sooner or later you're going to see the you're going to see it sooner rather than later. You're going to see. Well, well, just last year, what what and you know I don't know if you guys remember, uh, FIFA appointed a committee to to control the Argentine FA. I mean that that tells you how, you know, just just how chaotic things were with them. So I I think they're still they're still being affected by that. Seventeen goals they've scored in sixteen games. I, I, I still can't get over that. They went zero zero at home to Venezuela in the uh, in the last series of games. So. Yeah, I think I think if if they they are eliminated, that's where they lost. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, like like not being able to beat Venezuela at home, I think you pretty much threw away your your golden ticket right there. If you're FIFA, and you're the gold. If you're FIFA and you're Comebol, you uh, you pay off the refs. <laughs> well, I mean, you dude, they're playing. They're playing Ecuador, who they're eliminated now. Well, let me check. Hang on. Hang on. They've got like 20 points. Let me check the numbers. <laughs> hang, on, hang on. Let's see what we got. No, because I I, I, I I did take a snap of this because it was uh, – I know we were – Ecuador, they are – you are – yes, Joel. Eliminados. Yeah, man. That's that's probably the best outcome for Argentina to play a team. I mean, unless Ecuador really wants to give it to them, you know. Like they're going away. Like if they're like Honduras, planchazo. Yeah. yeah, that they hated that. You know, they'll rather eliminate us than qualify almost. Um, but I would, hey, John, John, speaking of planchazo, previous podcast, yes. I said if I'm Tigres, I would send in a player to teach Pulido a lesson for his snarky comments on social media. Right. And, uh, and as we saw, it, that just happened. And it was it was a it was a tigre that gave it to him. You see that it was. Uh... Well, yeah, he he was going to Tigres because because he was going to Tigres Stadium and he had he had made some snarky comments. So I'm like, dude, you you do that, <clears throat> you know? I just thought it was uncalled for. Yeah, that's not the. Uh, and it was interesting that it was it was a tigres canterano that gave it to him too. It was it was Duenas, wasn't it? That gave him the. the I don't know. How I just do? saw it like his his. He posted his foot all like, you know, looks like a yeah, tamale. Looks like a like a watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm you're right. You're right. Oh, it was. Uh, I'm laughing at that meme right now. It says, it said, dude, that's pointing to his like uh, his head, like you know, he thinks he's smart." Si Argentina no va al mundial, ya no elimina México en octavos. That's right. 
Hey, speaking speaking of memes, I don't know if you guys saw it. I sent you guys. There's this pretty funny song from uh, some dude that does cartoons for Medio Tiempo called Ubaldo. And he did a parody of a Chiquita song, but, but making fun of Chivas. Yeah, you uh, you you sent it. I uh, uh, they they played it on um on um Línea de Cuatro. Yeah, it's on YouTube. If anyone's interested, yeah, you could just go to Waldo. Hey, and, uh, Holy, yes. president president of the AFA Argentina. While he was watching the Argentina Peru match at the, the Bombonera, his house was getting robbed. <laughs> it's on a, on record. That's Damn, man, that is messed up, dude. Oof. You know, usually right that, here, that's they, a they bad just, day. They just put for sale signs in the coach's yard when they lose. I mean, that's to, to, to rob the guy too. <laughs> yeah, that's like screw this harsh. Let's go rob him. You know, and I don't think it's the fans. You know, I honestly don't think I it's the fans. I wouldn't discount it. No, I mean just just because given all the the chaos, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past being other other members there. Donde está Santander? Yo ya te busqué. En la lejana copa en el ama y no te encontré. Suelo soñar que vienes por mí y que tus silbatos cerca de mi área lo vuelvo a sentir. ¿Dónde estás, Ven, regresa por mí. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. For for those that don't remember, Santander was the who's the ref in the final who who doesn't call a penalty in Tigres' favor. That's right. So you know the, the song is saying he misses the ref to help him out with the games. Song, song in the Shakira. <laughs> In the Shakira style. Okay, so uh, wrapping it up here, my, my next question to y'all. So we said every we all agree the U.S. makes the World Cup. Uh, what about the uh, what about Argentina? Do they make it? I I'm gonna say they will, John. I think Infantino's gonna send a letter to to Quito, Manila envelope. Sponsors need Messi. In Russia, and uh, yeah. So you think one one way or another, Argentina is going to win that game? Yeah, I, I see them winning. But I mean, I think I think there's still some of the other results because they might just do repechaje. Well, they uh, if if they win, and uh, and somebody does not win. 
if 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 Chile and uh, and and I'm sorry, if Colombia and Peru tie, then Argentina goes to the World Cup because because they'll jump them, and that would knock that would if Argentina wins and Peru ties, that would knock Peru out. Of the uh, of the and, and yeah, so Peru has to win, right? Uh, for them to get through, so so that's the scenario. And then Chile, they are at uh, oh shit, I, I totally forget. So it's, you're going to really have to take out the uh, like something bigger than a calculator to figure this one out because it's uh, so so Chile plays Brazil. Oof, no, but they're but they're ahead on yeah, it's it's wow. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a lot of fun. If only Concacaf had would had a, well, they might have a finale like that. Okay, so um, it's looking like probably the the the, the scenario that could happen uh, when Mexico plays Honduras is that the game could be completely meaningless. If you find that out, uh, do, do do you send people back? And so you know what? Don't bother. We'll just go ahead and play this game with, uh, and, and just do basically play a glorified friendly in San Pedro Sula. But it seems like if 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 the game had meaning, then Mexico would take their fulls because you want Mexico to play their their best game, right? If 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 the game still has meaning for for Honduras. What is it that what we would want? No, no, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking. <laughs> ah, I don't know. You know what? Last last time around, you know, the U.S. when they did us a solid, they played you know tough, you know, all the way through. I, I think Mexico, right. Mexico should play tough all the way through. Well, then, yeah, but I mean, absolutely, and and I think they would. Yeah, I mean, just 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 on that call up list alone, I think it tells you that they're gonna. But 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 I'm sure that 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 that, that uh, out of the 23 guys, I bet you 20 of them end up playing at least one game. He's definitely going to do the rotaciones here. There's no question. Oh yeah, he already. Did he already, already said in an interview, yeah? yeah. So there you go. We'll see how that uh, turns out. So uh, uh, Dan, do you think Argentina makes the World Cup? Oh uh, man! I mean, it's hard because uh, who do they got? Uh, they got Ecuador. They have Ecuador in Quito. Who's eliminated? Who's eliminated? And then Peru hosts. All right, here, here are the standings again. And so who does Chile have? Chile plays at, at Brazil. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes, they're in. <laughs> I, I could see Ecuador giving them a hell of a game, and I could actually see them beating them. But for some reason, I could I, I could see Brazil just relishing just just to further assert their dominance. Take Chile out. To I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. And have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually, at least in the past, but I think it happened in France '98, and then also in uh, in South Africa, Chile had the the ignominy of. Of drawing Brazil in the round of sixteen in the next round, and both times it just got just got whipped. Like like I think it was a four nothing in both games. 
You know, that happens a lot. Hey, hey, John. Yes, I, sir. I, I was looking at the T Torneo Competencias on their Twitter feed. They basically say for Argentina to go to the, uh, to the World Cup, option one, if Argentina wins and Peru, Colombia tie. Right. Option two is if Argentina beats Ecuador and Chile doesn't beat uh, Brazil. <laughs> and I think option three uh, is if Argentina wins Ecuador, Chile, Chile uh, beats Brazil, but Peru. Yeah, I mean, if Argentina that... wins, they're going to qualify for either the repechaje or or the World Cup altogether. It depends. It just depends. So, so, so they're going to be in in any of those, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because because Colombia and Peru by by basis of them playing each other, one of those you know somebody's going to get eliminated from from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's if Argentina wins, so it's Argentina has. I mean, they they have to win. They have no other scenario. If they tie, then they really have to start going some crazy. Then you know, then you really have to bring the bring the numbers into. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet that uh, the, the options for Brazil, so you guys can read it. Yeah, and then Brazil for Argentina, right? And then Uruguay, yeah, it's uh, it it, it it is it is bananas. It is bananas, but somehow I think they'll find a way. I think Argentina will make the World Cup, and man, I, I hate I hate to say it, but uh, I mean, I really want to see Peru make it. I really, really do because. Uh, I just I, I've always liked them, and I just I, I don't know if it's going to happen for them this time. I think they're going to be the odd team out. They play Colombia. They play Colombia in Lima, so they, or wherever. I'm, I'm assuming it's Lima. I'm not sure where. Yeah, now a play, draw they, they helps home. them both, right? Well, a draw. Uh, Peru has to win because because a draw would help them only if Argentina loses. Because aren't last, they still ahead of? Our, are you? Last, is this assuming Chile wins? No, whether the, whether Chile wins or loses, uh, Peru has. If, if Peru wins, they're in. So so no, so I, Peru, I, I get that, but, but I just think, I yeah. I figured they would be in also with a draw. Uh, Peru no, because they're at twenty five, and Colombia Colombia and Chile are at twenty six, and Argentina is also twenty five. So mm, the okay. only way that they would be in on a draw is if Argentina draws as well. And uh, because they have the tiebreaker in Argentina with with more gotcha, it, it's down to the third tiebreaker, more goals scored, which is just crazy. You know, I've never I've never understood why head to head isn't isn't the first tiebreaker in these things. Yeah, you figure it should seems, be. It seems like it, it, would, it would be more fair, but I, I know why they do it. They this is to protect the uh, the uh, the bigger the teams. grandes, yeah. So who gets left out then, Ron? Who now that you're looking at the table, who do you think is gonna? It, it doesn't say anything about the other teams. It's just talking about Argentina mm-hmm. on this one. Okay, so uh, so you have uh, uh, well, we just put between Chile, Peru, Colombia, and Argentina. One of those is 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 not gonna. They're not gonna make it. Jesus, I'm gonna say Chile doesn't make it, and it's gonna steal Mexico the chance of maybe uh, uh, avenging them in. The World Cup, so Chile's out. Joel, we'll, we'll, we'll let Ron stew about it a little longer. He seems uncertain. No, who does, I'm, who I'm, reading a, I'm reading a tweet and it says, "Sao Paulo did not mention that Argentina only scored one goal with him as coach." 
an own goal by Frank Felcher. <laughs> 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 it's like, wow. And then and I'm, re- I'm reading another one. In Argentina's most important group match to date, Messi's downfall was once again his teammates. That's harsh. That's true. <laughs> that's like, that's you almost like, that's they almost get as harsh as, as saying. As much hate as he gets, man. I mean, he gets, he, shockingly, he gets no help with that team. Yeah, he gets they're all nice ball watching. They're all ball watching. They're waiting for him to do everything. I have to blame the coach on that, right? Like this, that's just got to be terrible coaching. But this that is you like can't... this is like the fourth coach that is that has had the that has to deal with this. Hire Pep Guardiola. He, he, he knew how to win with him. You know, you know who. Tres disparos you know... de Messi, cinco asistencias, la pelota no entra. You know who uh, who would get that team. Right as rain. There's no and there's no question about it. Yo siempre digo que el fútbol alguna vez es en mi punto es como un ajedrez. Yes, I guarantee you, Bigotón, if, if he took the team, he would he would not use all Euro a uh, European base. You know why? You know why? Because, because para, he would want to work. He would want to work with porque porque el Diaz no trabaja visita. He would bench Messi and then and then force force the other ones to play. He may not even take Messi to the World Cup. He, he might pull up. <laughs> no, 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 he, he, no he, 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 did that, he did that to Blanco, dude. He did that to Blanco. He did that to Bojo. Yeah, yeah because, but, but, but because Mexico, they're the same. Yeah, but, but in Mexico, only like about five people showed up to protest. The, the day after, and, and it was like, they, they were talking about a mass protest, and then there was like maybe 10 people at El Angel. But those ten uh, people mattered, though. Right. <laughs> no, no, but but over there, you know, he wouldn't ever, he wouldn't be able to leave so, his house, man. So, Joel, uh, the teams are Chile, Colombia, Peru, and Argentina. One of those is going home. Who's who's going home? Who's or who's not going to the who's staying home? Oh man, that's a tough one, John. Ah, uh, let me see. Who are they playing again? Chile is at Brazil. Yeah, Chile is at Brazil. Colombia is at Peru, and Argentina is at Ecuador. Oh, man, that's going to be the game to watch, Colombia-Peru. Yeah. And, I mean, I think, damn. I'm going to go with Colombia. You're going to go with Colombia? Yes, sir. You think they're going to be the the odd man out? Man, that would be a gigantic joke on their end. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, cause, they, cause didn't they lose? Uh, was it to, to Paraguay in the last? In the in yeah, the last? In the last minute. I we, think we didn't even talk about it. Was that. a terrible loss. It was a yeah. terrible yeah. loss. Yeah, it, they it, were it winning like, with, with like the Aztecaso with, with Honduras. Yeah, they were winning with a Falcao goal. You know, and I'm thinking, man, he's a year. You know, four years later, he's going to get to go to the World Cup. He's and, and, yeah. he's regained his mojo. <laughs> and Joel, if, if they if they hold on to win, they qualify. They they are in the World Cup. You know, and it's funny because I was watching uh, this. They were interviewing um, Valderrama. Yeah, and he was pissed. Yeah, like, he, he was. was. Like, what the hell? <laughs> he was. He's like, he's like, why is the game being not being played at this hour? He's like, that's stupid. He's like, he's like, the Bolivians get to play at, um, basically like at altitude. He's like, and we can't. He's like, we can't play because we're gonna melt. And they're like saying, like he's like, well, no, it's because the the outcomes are can affect the other matches. He's like, mm. and I, I kind of agree with him. Like, why should they take the that competitive? Uh, What's TV, that competitive man? Competitive age away. 
So Dan, refresh me where you say Chile, Joel says Colombia, Ron, who, 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 uh, quien se queda? Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just reading tweets. Um, I, I don't know, John. It's tough, dude. It's. I, I just think because I, I see Brazil being qualified, so they might just put in a neutral. You don't want to injure players or or, or cards yeah, or anything like that. They played in Brazil, man. And they, they, and... They're not going to lay down. Yeah, exactly. Why does it say lay down? But I mean, they're not going to play. They're not going to fire on all cylinders. All right. So, you know, so, so right. check, check your Twitter accounts, right? I'm, I'm, uh, I don't think they're going to lose. I think at most they, they might, they might tie. No, but right. in, in intensity wise, I see Colombia Peru being, uh, just all at war. Yeah. If, if there's a loser in the Colombia Peru game, then that game, I mean, that per they're, they're out. I mean, there's, cause they're, that's what's going to happen. And, and, and that's what I'm, that's why I think that that Colombia pick is, is, is looking pretty good. Uh, Coil, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you, and go uh, go with Colón because I I, I I want Peru to do it at home, and it's gonna. Yeah. I'd love to see Peru. Yeah, make I it. would too. I, I I would too, and I just and I, and I hate and I and I hate the fact that it'd be at the expense of Colombia, but uh, they had they were five minutes away from qualifying for the World Cup, and they and it didn't happen for them. Well, I think best case scenario, at least for me personally, would be them drawing and both getting through and. Argentina seeing their way out. So that's what you're. That's what I. That's what bad Dan wants. Yeah. To, want to happen? Not bad. This is just the fan in me, of, uh, and and also that the potential, because it's either going to be, uh, you know, the, the likelihood of them bouncing us uh, in the in the first knockout round is high. Uh, so. If they don't get to make it, they can't do that. So that's one team that I don't have to stress so, about in the World Cup. So I, I see Peru returning to the World Cup, John. I hope so. I hope so, Joel. Ron, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give us a name. Gotta give us a name, Ron. Of of, of the teams that qualify? No, of the, of the, te- the, the, the team that el, el que se queda, one that doesn't make it. Uh, Peru. At the end of the day, they're nivel is John. So you, you think you think, think Colombia is going to so Colombia is going to win and then they're going to knock Peru out? I, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, the reality is, is that, I mean, as we've seen, and it, what makes that that's what makes this this particular one. tournament so exciting is 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 the fact that that it, it comes down to the last game every single time. You have to you have to does, remember does current John, form does current form weigh in it at all? Because I mean, what you guys losing at home, you were expected to, to think that they're going to beat Peru away. I don't know. But what what you have what you but what you have to remember about Peru, los incas, los incapaces. They have uh, that already. Hey, hey, I didn't make that up. That's that's 
That's on them. They they say that about themselves. Is that like is that like the the ratoncitos verdes? <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't say I did not make that up. Okay. Well, we're all a conquered folk, aren't we? Here in the Americas. Yeah, yeah. So. So. No, but they, no, they joke about it. They joke about it, about it being incapaces. You know. So I, I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, they'll it has, it has, spectacularly it has, fail. It know? has been a long time since Peru has uh, has has had any kind of chance. That to just have a good that just means they're due, man. That years. just means yeah. they're due. Well, you know, here's here's the th- um, um, at the time I, I think when my dad was I think you know he was in college at the time, seventy World Cup, and uh, you know I remember telling about the the, the, the Peruvian team in seventy, which was. Fantastic! They have fantastic players. That team almost didn't travel to Mexico because at the time they had a, an earthquake, uh, and that's that. You know, because of them, a lot of the proved, you know, proven players started to come into Mexico after that because they saw the, the installations in Mexico. And in fact, uh, they they actually knocked Argentina out to make that World Cup in 1970. Yeah. And again, again, you know, the just just terrible freaking luck. You know, one of the one of the best teams in the in the, in the group stage, and then they they draw Brazil. And if you, and I think I've read, and Ron, maybe you can help me on this, but I think that Brazil said that their toughest game that World Cup was was Peru. I mean, they they won three to two, but it was. I mean, the Peruvians gave gave all they they I mean, the, the gave it as good as they got. You know, from the interviews that I've read. And 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 and, th- and that I've read is that Peru basically was playing for that entire nation because of that, that similar to like Mexico with the earthquake, their people were basically you know they were in in serious serious li- living in misery because of that earthquake. So like you know the players you know brought it upon themselves to try to lift their spirits you know. Right. They had fantastic players as well. Yeah, no, they had a, a just a, an outstanding team. They had a, a Cubillas, Roberto Chale, Chale. I'm not sure how you pronounce what were, it. What were they, uh, what was their, uh, like the nickname was Los Dueños del Toque or something like that? What was it? I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I, I mean, I've only had a chance. I, I wish I had full up, but I've seen highlights because there's a, so, Something to that effect, like, you know, Los, Los Dueños del Toque or like, you know, you know, referencing the, the, the good touch that they had on the ball, you know? Right. Yeah, it's uh, if you get a chance to to look at their highlights, it's uh, it, it's pretty impressive. They and then in '78 they kind of did the same thing, and then again they so I mean Peru and Chile both man, they just have the worst luck uh, at least in the modern era when they go to these tournaments because you know they have good teams and they draw they draw Brazil and they just get spanked. So, all right. So recap uh, for you, John. Who gets left out? Who's the ugly duckling? You know, I think it's going to be. I want to say Colombia because I because I want I want Peru to uh, to make it, but I mean, it's obviously going to be the loser of that game, and 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 it's a fifty fifty game at best. I mean, there's there's no there's no question, but I do want to see Peru make it. So, but I, I just I, I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be the other way around, unfortunately. And, and uh, I think I think Joel, you said Colombia, and uh, and Dan said Chile, which could very well happen too. In fact, I think I kind of want to see that one. In fact, that's another one I, I want to see. If, if, if Chile loses and there's there's a man, I I can't, I can't do the math. We got to go. It's it's, it's 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 getting too complicated. It's going to be great. And uh, if, if Argentina doesn't qualify, that actually helps out Mexico, doesn't it? In standings, huh? 
Well, uh, it will, but it will, it, will, it will not enough to to hoist them into the uh, in, into pot one. I think they're going to stay in pot pot two. Now, uh, it, that's actually a good ending point, Ron, because Mexico has to win this game against against Trinidad. I mean, they have something to play for because if they win it, they they guarantee themselves a spot in in, in pot two, and uh, that is. Uh, that, that for Mexico, if you're not going to be a group thing, that, I mean, you, they cannot believe their luck that, 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 that this is the time where they changed it. Because instead of playing that one, you know, you know, they're going to have a group where they have, they have like the, the one team that's going to be def- definitively better than them, and then two winnable games, and then that's all you can ask for, you know, for, for Mexico in a World Cup. So they they do have something to play for against, against Trinidad to to get that. So I, I guess my question to y'all is: Is there is there any kind of pressure for them? Do you think they understand what what it is that they're, that they're playing for here? Yes, I think I think they do know. Yeah. I, I think uh, one thing about Osorio and the fact that he's like I've always said that I think he's a little too smart for his own good is that I I think he's the type of coach that understands really well the uh, the uh, the math you know the, the the behind you know the seating and all of that type of stuff like the importance of that type of stuff. But, you know, you exactly. can the luck of the draw. You know, people say it and it's cliched and stuff like that, but I think he really understands that that, that type of stuff. Excellent. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, that he he has definitely crunched the numbers to uh, determine that. Well, gentlemen, let's uh, let, let the, let's wrap it up. It was it was. I thought we had a great show tonight. I really. Uh, I think everybody uh, everybody brought their A game tonight for sure. And we thank we thank Kit McConaughey for joining us. I don't know if y'all how y'all felt about Kit. I think it was a uh, a great little segment with Kit. So it was great. Appreciate that it was cool as well. Dan, thank you so much. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the games tomorrow too. If you get a chance yes. to watch them. Yes, absolutely. Joel, thanks again for, for, for hopping on as always. Appreciate it. Yeah. Always John. And Ron out in Philadelphia. I know it's late, Ron. So we do appreciate you uh, coming on. Thank you, John. So, and, uh, and we thank you everybody for listening. Uh, the Cantina Mekis podcast will be on again next Thursday. And again, you can listen to this. This is edition 105 of our podcast. And you can listen to this and all our previous editions, uh, from iTunes or on Google Play and I think on SoundCloud as well. And of course, you can catch this show and all of our other shows every Thursday night on our YouTube channel. So thanks very much for, for listening. My name is John Jacob. We'll talk to you guys next week.